It was Halloween of 1975 when the single for Queen's greatest, greatest hit, their biggest hit, a Bohemian Rhapsody hit the streets of the world, the world streets. On the B side of that album, I mean, not that album, but that single, on the B side of that single was a uh, track that was written and demoed, demo recording by drummer Roger Taylor. That song was uh, inspired by one of the band's roadies, Jonathan Harris, whose Triumph TR4, a car, was evidently the love of his life. The song is dedicated to him with the liner notes mentioning, dedicated to Jonathan Harris, boy racer, to the end. Roger Taylor was insistent that this track was had to be the B-side for uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, so much so that he locked himself in a cupboard until Freddie Mercury gave in to his demands to have it on the B-side. Now, this decision has been, had been, I'm sure they don't still talk about it, maybe they do, a uh, point of contention among the bands, because it entitled Roger Taylor essentially to equal profits off the record, or off the single of Bohemian Rhapsody, which is just leagues and leagues more popular than this track. Today on Cover Me, that's right, we're talking about I'm in Love With My Car from the album A Night at the Opera by Queen. The machine of a dream Such a clean machine I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my autophilic co-host my auto man wait joined by my autoerotic co-host that's me alex mildenberger and joining us today in the studio a very special guest returning uh fans of this show may recognize him as the resident queen expert fans of his own show will recognize him as an expert on just video games in general it's john bell of jardev fame hey it's me i'm i put the jar in jardev you do put the jar in dart jardev and the dev and you put all the videos up I mean, I do it all. That's me. And you, you do, do the thumbnails. <laughs> That's true. Those beautiful thumbnails. Yeah. John, welcome back Thank to you. cover me. Thank you. You've uh, you've just taken like, I think more than half of my notes for this song are gone now. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was a real rich intro. I pretty much covered the history of it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just like that. Um, here's a thing I'll ask you though before we even get into the official thing. What can you tell me about Brian May's guitar, The Red Special? Um, I can tell you he plays it with a coin instead of a pick. What? Do you not know that? <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh my god, yeah, that's how he gets like such a unique guitar sound. He always plays it with, I think it's like a 25 pence piece instead of a okay. pick. Okay. Fascinating. So I, I, I don't know what it does. I guess it just makes it like a more metallic kind of ringing sound. Yeah. Um, but as for the guitar, can't really tell you anything else, I don't think. I think, so, things I know about it. He built it himself, because, right? Yeah, with his father, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. And so it was intentionally designed to feedback, like, into the amp. So he's, after he saw Jeff Beck playing live and making different sounds just by moving the guitar in front of the amplifier, he wanted an instrument that would be alive and interact with him and the air around him. Huh. Pretty wild that he's been playing it for such a long time. Yeah, guitar. my question is, do you think it's the same guitar, or has he built other Red Specials? 
Fuck, I think he's... Mm. I mean, when did they start? Like, 1970? No, like, 69 mm-hmm. or something? May has used the Red Special almost exclusively, including on Queen albums and in live performances, since the band's advent in the early 1970s. Oh, he must take real good care of it. I'm gonna let you guys play more instruments than me nowadays. Like, do you think a guitar could last, what, like, 50 I, years at this point? He made it out of some, like, old-growth wood, though, so I think yeah. with that, probably, yes. Huh. Yeah, and with with the right care, and if you're Brian May Rich, you can take care of the fucking <laughs> Yeah, he guitar. can replace all the components and, like, the body, and as long as it's in, like, the right, like, humidity or whatever. Or maybe there's resin or something that it doesn't have to. It probably does, anyway. But it says yeah. he's used replicas. What's that? He, has, you re- say, he does have replicas, according oh, to He this. does have replicas. Is there, like, could you, in theory, construct your own red special? Is there a blueprint or something online? Fuck, I uh, bet there is. There might be. Like, not I mean, an official one? Mm-hmm. I don't know but if somebody must have, have analyzed it, right? Yeah. I bet, I bet there's, like, a WikiHow article for it. Mm-hmm. With pictures and everything. It's, it was just, like, it's a throwaway line in terms of this song, like, this fact, but... Uh, it's it's just like it came up that Brian May used the red special on this, which apparently he used on most everything. But it's like mm-hmm. a fascinating guitar that I had no idea about. It actually is, yeah. It's like a a really unique guitar, and I don't know when it comes to to rock bands. Hmm. Well, you think about Jimi Hendrix, like his most famous guitar is like the it was a Fender Stratocaster, yeah. wasn't it? That he just burned on stage. A yeah. white Stratocaster. Yeah. Which is, yeah, oh, yeah like, you don't it's see a model. A custom made. No, no, not really. Although, I seem to remember, uh, did you guys both watch It Might Get Loud, that documentary about guitars? Yes. Playing? Yeah, I uh, think so. The Edge was talking about, like, building a guitar, but I don't think he still played it. I think it was something that he, like, built when he was young with his... Right. And you also get Jack Brothers White in the beginning it. building that one out of, a, like, a Coke bottle and a plank of wood. That is true. <laughs> Yes, hang on. I had something to say about this. So, we've talked a lot about Queen already on our second most popular episode, Under Pressure. Check that out Is on Spotify. Really? Yeah, it's second most popular. You right? <gasps> I'm honored. I mean, it's by a large margin. Robbie has you beat. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck Robbie. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll give you the statistics on this one. Just give me a second here. Okay. So, second place, Under Pressure, 419 downloads. Okay. Since its release in April. Uh, coming in first the month before, Numb by Linkin Park with 7,107 downloads. Holy shit. <laughs> is, that, is that just because like you released on the anniversary of Chester's death? It can't be. So there's a weird geographical phenomena where <laughs> India has, I think, a really strong cult following for Linkin Park. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because they na- they now are our biggest downloader over all of time with 6,500 downloads. Holy shit, that's almost all of it. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Man, your audience is fascinating. <laughs> I know, I want to talk to them, but they never want to talk to us. You're the only one who talks to us. God, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod. <laughs> that's right. At Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise guy. At Sir John Snow, too. He's been on often enough. <laughs> yeah, tweet me. He would, he would be happy enough to talk to you about the dumb shit we talk about. Absolutely. 
So we've talked about Queen, but I, uh, with the, the context of this song, I'm in love with my car, which is really, truly, and genuinely, as we'll talk about in the lyrics, a song about loving your car. <laughs> it is. What is your guys' relationship with cars? I drive uh, a car. I also drive a car. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you have any, any sentimentality for your vehicles? Any, like, strong connections to that emotionally or otherwise? Personally, I would say typically no. I've had my car for only a couple weeks now, though. Uh, the right. last one's death. Uh, I'd say I was more upset that I had to get a new car than that I was losing the old one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of attachment. I don't usually like have bumper stickers or anything, so I don't feel a ton of attachment to my vehicles. Is that you need bumper stickers to have attachment? Is that your? I feel like angle? it shows a certain level of attachment to your vehicle if you put bumper sure, stickers right. on it. But what about you, wrong. John? I think I'm like the least car y person like in the world. Maybe I like I can't stand cars. I well, I don't know. Like I, I feel no attachment to any car whatsoever. Like I like my car because I can get around places without having to use transit. But right. like no attachment to it, no no name or anything. Don't talk to it or whatever people do. Like Alex said, I don't don't have bumper stickers. I have a little frog on the the radio antenna thing. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm more I'm more attached to the little frog than I am the entire car. Ah, of course. <laughs> no, I no, I don't. I'm not a car person at all. Well, now I feel awkward because the reason I chose this <laughs> song this week is that my uh, my 2000 Buick Century who goes by the name Buey Lewis, <laughs> has been given a, a fatal diagnosis. I'm taking him to the scrapyard pretty soon. Oh, no. <laughs> I care about that car deeply. Do you? Yes. Oh, I, I love that thing to pieces. Fuck, I never knew that. <laughs> it was the, is the first kind of, like, real thing I ever owned. Like, I owned my own game systems and stuff beforehand, a whole bunch of shit I paid for with my own money. But it was the first thing that, like, it was a physical entity that I could take anywhere, and it was 100% mine. Like, I had bought and paid for it and taken care of it. So it, 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 it was a symbol of, of emancipation, uh, sort of, like a freedom. It was truly freedom. I lived in that car for, like, a week once. <laughs> that is I, true. true. <laughs> and it, it brought me out here to Vancouver, and I just... I gotten hand jobs in that car <laughs> i like in every every true sense of the word i have lived in that car i've done fucking sit-ups in the back seat <laughs> holy shit impressive i don't think i have enough room in mine well mine's a luxury sedan so uh, oh yeah oh man i'm sorry it's sorry it's it's past its prime <laughs> Yeah, it's the, the rust on it. The lady was like, yo, if you keep driving this, you're going to fucking die on the highway. <laughs> oh, shit. I was like, okay. So I went and I bought a new Buick Century in Calgary. I was just there last weekend. But you got, like, and, the same car again? Yeah, but a 2005 version. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and I just sat in my car again, my old one, yesterday, and it just, like, it still feels better than this new one. Oh, man. <laughs> You'll get there. Yeah, so it was devastating, and I never let other people drive it, despite their insistence. My my girlfriend is still amazed at the fact that I would never let her drive it. <laughs> Do you think you'll let people drive your new one? Yeah, I'm less attached to it already. Okay. It's just like a, it's like a replacement, right? 
Yeah, I guess you can never get back like the the first car feeling if you have that mm-hmm. feeling, which neither Alex nor I do. Apparently, <laughs> We're also monsters. my last car wasn't my. I don't know. I, no. What? About, yeah. What about your your Pontiac Grandam, Alex? Uh, yeah, I don't think I have much connection to that one either. Actually, that was the first one, right? You yeah. just got like your second one just was not written off. Whatever Will said. Yes, it was not totaled. Totaled. Written yeah, off. it was written. It off. was written off. Okay, mm. I remember things. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I like it. But yeah, I was I had a real good experience buying my new Buick Century because I knew Buick Centuries. <laughs> I just bought off like some college kid, and I just like went around the vehicle. I'm like, listen, I'm gonna do this now, son. I'm like, I'm testing the suspension. I'm like, yeah, feels like a boat. That's a Buick Century, baby. And I just like got in the car, leaned the seat back, threw the engine on, and I was like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I mentioned yeah. Buick Century to my aunt, and she was like, oh yeah, 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 I knew someone with that. We used to call it the boat. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. heard that. Although apparently, 2005 was the last year they made them. That is correct, Alex. Oh my god, you have the last one. The last the one. Last century. Not as good as the 2000 edition. <laughs> yeah, that's the millennium. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you got a car called the Century, and it's the turn of the century. You better put out a good fucking model. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> they knew what they were so, yeah, doing. This episode is a is a is a funeral episode for my car and also Alex's old Mazda, because it also died recently. Which also oh. died. Rip. But Alex doesn't give a shit because he hates his car. He didn't have a name. By extension himself. You don't have to say it. <laughs> you could just imply it. Now everybody knows. I'm sorry, Alex. <laughs> With that, we've sort of covered the key historical points of the song, unless yeah. anybody else has anything else to add. Uh, No, I think you went over pretty much all of it. All right. Covered the so bases. Let's just... Let's leap into the lyrics here, gentlemen. Let's do a lyric or two. Um, wait, also a question. John, did you see the Queen movie? Was it called Bohemian Rhapsody? It was, it was called Bohemian Rhapsody. Of course it was. And There's a hundred better names for that movie, but yeah. how was the movie? <laughs> um, I really liked it. Lots of people I know hated it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought like the story was decent. As like a huge Queen fan, I could see like where they were you know, making things up or, like, speeding ahead. Right. Like, I think at one point they were touring, like, A Night at the Opera, the fourth album, and they were playing songs from, like, the seventh album. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, I really liked it. The editing was atrocious, but yeah. as, as far as just a movie goes, it was pretty enjoyable, honestly. Fair enough. Because I hear there's a lot of jokes about this song in that movie. Yeah, as far as I can remember. It was a while ago. Yeah, I might I might be able to pull them up here, but we'll see. So, oh yeah, one more point worth noting: Roger's car at the time, Roger Taylor's car was a was an Alfa Romeo, which I've never seen or heard of in my life. Just but some like fancy driving. sports car. Maybe. I, I've Italian definitely heard luxury of it. Cars. Yeah, it's it seems to be a. Very I think it's European. in the music video. It's, it's Italian. Okay. Is it what he drives in the music video? Um, Maybe I don't not. know. The music video is all like. The music video for this is very similar to Under Pressure in that it's all just, like, borrowed footage for the yeah. most part. but some of it is just, like, Roger Taylor in his car, staring at the camera. Right. And then live footage as well. Yeah, and live footage as well. That massive drum kit of his. Yes. <laughs> but then mostly, like, like, old video. Yeah. And, like, a video game. What, what yes. video game was that? I have, I have no, no idea. idea. I'm like trying to anyway, think of that like, was the, the music video. Because <laughs> like 
the songs off songs from like 75 so like yeah what games would there even have been in 75 but like just... the video game looked like like a playstation one racing game yeah. like um so like it, ridge racer or something it yeah right. it looked like something that would be on a playstation one or like a sega dreamcast yeah but it was from 75 so i don't know it, which what doesn't seem quite right like i'm trying to think of when pong was like right yeah i guess it, it would have been like an released? arcade game but at the like how long ago was it that the music video was released i don't know i don't know i think it said on youtube it was like 75 i, I don't know why they'd do it like what 20 years after the album or something yeah yeah that's fair and it, it was on the official queen youtube channel so it's like an official music video yeah it wasn't like a fan-made one mm-hmm yeah, I, I, like I rewound, I rewound to look at the video game shots, and I couldn't figure out what it was, but it, it definitely stood out to me. Yeah, it was like a, a a weird oddity. Interesting. So, uh, let's talk about the lyrics. Oh, wait, I have about. I have one more thing. Yes, I've actually seen this song live once. Oh yeah, Queen Extravaganza played it uh, here in 2012. Okay. So, um, not the not the actual Queen band, but Queen Extravaganza, yeah. Right, they're a they're fully a cover band, right? They're like the official tribute band. Yeah. Um, like put together by Brian May and Roger Taylor. That's right. And the drummer did sing it here, and he had an amazing voice. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, yeah. this is a cool. real standout in terms of Queen songs because it has a much more traditional hard rock vocal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think it really would have fit like Freddie's vocal style for this one. No. I think it almost had to be Roger. Yeah, I would be curious to hear a Freddie Mercury version of this. Me too. I think it would feel very different. Oh yeah, much more like operatic, you know, yeah. much higher range. Yeah, like a bit campier. Yeah. I'd like to hear probably, that now. Probably more sexual in like a yeah, in like a sort of campy way, right? Yeah, like kind of stress different parts of the the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of the lyrics, they are very sexual sounding in 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 some cases. It's very like, certainly. It's kind of a silly so like, song, I think. Yeah. I will say there's a uh, a music critic here. His name is Tom Reynolds. Music writer Tom Reynolds described the song as quote seriously one of the greatest and most passionate love songs I've heard during the <laughs> last thirty plus years. <laughs> huh. It's definitely got that, like, over-the-top thing going on. It it certainly hits the notes of, like, it knows what a love song is and really, like, exaggerates those points. And there's some good imagery, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. First verse is, I'm in love with my car, in love with my car, the machine of a dream, such a clean machine, with the pistons a-pumping and the hubcaps all gleam. So, definitely the pistons are pumping. Gets a little, gets like getting a little steamy in here. Feeling, getting a little <laughs> oh, yeah. hot and Even bothered. the word pumping it makes people think about either cranking off or fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of like, like. How like else could you describe yeah. a piston? <laughs> yeah, what else does a piston do? I don't know. I don't Thrust. know. It compresses. Uh, gases. What the pistons compressing gases? Okay, yeah, that's, that's not as not as hot. Yeah, that's but it is explosive. <laughs> Sounds like IBS now. <laughs> and obviously, but it's a clean machine. It's a clean machine. 
And this is a key detail, because I did say I love my car, but I did not treat that thing well. <laughs> I gave it maybe one car wash in the seven years I owned it. Oh, fuck, me too. I've done one. <laughs> <laughs> I just wait for it to rain. Well, exactly. I'm like, ah, the rain will come and get it. Yeah. That's not going to help with the, with the rust under. under Certainly the, not. Mm, shit. Under the neath side. And yeah, that's what got to it in the end was the rust. But mm. yeah, so it's, you can tell from it that, that that he simply states it's a clean machine. You know he takes care of ca- takes care of it. Yeah, you can see him like polishing it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at hub a picture of a shiny clean. car. Like, that's right unnecessary. Now. You don't need shiny hubcaps. That's true. No, but it makes it look good. Mm-hmm. If you're in it love makes with your you car, feel yeah. good. Exactly. Yeah. So when I'm holding your wheel, all I hear is your gear. That's a great half rhyme because he uses the. The weird way of saying both their words to make it seem like it rhymes. True. Yeah. Just stresses the E. Yeah, like stresses the middle part rather than the end. Mm-hmm. And when my hand's on your grease gun, Ooh, oh, baby. it's like a disease, son. I think every line there is sexual. Every in- line. Including disease. <laughs> yeah, sexual disease. Yeah, like not in a good way, but it's definitely still sexual. Yeah, it's there. He, it's like you can tell it's fucked up to love your car, and I think that comes out in the way this is sung, and also that line. It's like a disease. Yeah, it's a metaphor. No, it's a simile. <laughs> yeah, it's like a disease. Come on, Alex. <laughs> I'm just reading the genius annotation. Well, genius oh, is wrong. Yeah, yeah. it's a quote. What? It's it's actually yeah. referring to the previous line. When my hands on your grease gun. Oh, the grease okay. gun. What is a grease gun? Apparently, it's just like a pressurized thing that shoots grease at stuff. Oh. Like, it's yeah, literally like a little gun that's... that you put grease on stuff with. Because it's weird, because when he says, I'm holding your wheel, all I hear is your gear. And I guess that makes me think of him driving it, but then hand on the grease gun makes me think he's doing maintenance. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like he, he says it's it's the grease gun that like belongs to the car. It's a little... A little funny. So now he's like personifying the car. Obviously, he's doing that before, but it's like the tools belong to the car, and he's just doing the maintenance right. kind of. That's right. And he just can't like get a enough disease, son. Can't get rid of it. <laughs> he's infected. Exactly. So I'm in love with my car. Got a feel for my automobile. It's what a, a line. He just says "got to feel." I thought. I always thought it was "got a feel." I always yeah, thought it was thought "a it was feel" that. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Get a grip on my boy racer roll bar. I had to look that up. Yeah, me too. A boy racer. Okay. It's just a slang term that like refers to someone who soups up their car and like stuff makes it look all modded out and whatever. Yeah, it's it's, it's slang term for speed racer. And according to Wikipedia, it is a it is a genderless term. Ah. Oh, person so racer. A boy racer is just someone who like does a lot of body kits and stuff and mm-hmm. rate maybe races their car it also specifies bar, audio then? system so. so roll bar is basically what prevents roll in the vehicle so it stops it from swaying oh okay yeah is that what that's for i thought it was so that if you rolled then you wouldn't get crushed that's a roll uh, cage no, you're th- you're, yeah you're thinking of a roll cage so another uh. term for roll bar is sway bar Okay. So it's stop and like I'm familiar with these from doing carny work where you'd put sway bars on the trailer hitch to stop that left to right motion. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's to stop it from kind of losing balance and flipping over. So where is that on a car? Would it be like way underneath? 
Yeah. So actually, on my new car, the the sway bar is broken in a way that still works. So the <laughs> mechanics like don't worry about it for now. But yeah, it's it's basically because it connects to the tires, so it connects to your left and right ends, and kind of reduces sway by being okay. like a center focal. So like point. it's part of the suspension. Yeah, Hang on. Oh, uh, Alex is Will still near you? No, he's not. Okay, so we could just ask him. <laughs> Quick, call him up. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, <laughs> I don't see him. Okay, alright. That's fine. Such a thrill when your radials squeal. Which is tires. It's just kind of tire. It's just That's just a sexy word for tires. Yeah, <sighs> but also like squealing. Now it's squealing. Now it's getting, mm-hmm. now it's getting heavy. And then we find out that the love of the car is not just like a, it's not just a charming, like, ah, oh, yeah, I love my vehicle. And it's, a, it's a good vehicle. It's literally detrimental to his human relationships. Yeah, it's like taking priority over his girl. Yeah, told my girl I'll have to forget her. Rather buy me a new carburetor. So she made tracks saying, this is the end now. Cars don't talk back. They're just four-wheeled <laughs> friends now. I do love that line. Cars don't talk it's a gem it's so yeah, good it's it's an interesting li- it's like he said hey i'll have to forget you and she's like okay i'm leaving and he's like fucking talking back to me what's this bullshit and it's like yeah of course you left you told her that she'd have to leave yeah <laughs> so it's interesting it's... here he like calls the car a friend when it's mm-hmm. very clearly been like way more than just friendship oh yeah he's this. fucking his car yeah yeah but now it's, it's just inter- a four-wheeled I... friend but maybe because he says cars don't talk back, he's now gone to a broader category oh, than just okay. his car. Oh, so all so cars. He is, he is not only a car lover, but he's friends with all other cars. Okay. He's so like a Disney princess, car. but instead of like forest animals, cars. <laughs> yeah, he like walks outside and starts whistling and then just like automobiles roll up. <laughs> Fuck, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> oh, it was cars. <laughs> cars 4? Yeah, cars. 4. Is there 4? The Cars 4 featuring Roger Taylor. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> and Jonathan Harris. I hope so. <laughs> so then we come to pre-chorus 2, which, uh, when I'm holding your wheel, all I hear is your mm-hmm. gear again. When I'm cruising in overdrive, don't have to listen to no run-of-the-mill <laughs> talk jive. So is, is he referring to a person as a run-of-the-mill as a noun? I think he's referring to the talk jive as being run-of-the-mill. Yeah, it's an adjective to describe the, the run of the jive, mill, I guess. Talk jive, the, the, the sort of jive, which is which jive he's talk. Yeah, no, it's talk jive. Talk jive. <laughs> There's a lot of words there. I feel like yeah. the order got flipped around a little bit. So it's like, and it cuts through the bullshit. You know, when he's in the car just driving, he doesn't have to hear any day to day bullshit. He doesn't have to like answer any phone calls. Like it's just driving. It's like a it's like a Zen practice. It's meditative. Yeah, it's kind of like he said before when he says like uh, holding your wheel. All I hear is the gear. That kind of to me uh, puts it in this this scene of the just like drowning everything out and just like focusing on the car and the road and and everything else is secondary or or not being paid attention to. Mm-hmm. It's much like pre-chorus two here is much more cohesive than the first one, which where it all seems to apply to a driving a car situation. Rather than this jump from driving to greasing your car. Yeah. <laughs> and getting a disease. 
I guess cruising in overdrive, we have to think about the sexual context here. Is that when you're in your vinegar strokes? <laughs> cruising makes it sound like very like pleasant, very like easygoing. <laughs> so right. Maybe not. But in overdrive. Yeah. I'm going to say Roger Taylor didn't even think about that. He was just thinking about cars. <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. He's just on cars. And then it's, yeah, just the final chorus. I'm in love with my car. I got a feel for my automobile. I'm in love with my car. String back gloves in my automo love. Ooh. What the fuck are uh, string back gloves? I'd assume they're like those like old timey, like racing gloves like those black that, leather you are hundred percent right i just googled it that is exactly what yeah it's got to be like driving gloves of some sort oh actually i'm looking at them now and they don't look what i thought they were at all although they i have seen like gloves racer like, gloves they though. look like they mesh look. on the back yeah it looks like they got a bit of mesh but that See, might even be just a newer design on that i was envisioning like 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 a big lace-up thing on the back that like went all mm. the way down the hand which was a little like bondage to me, but apparently not. Right. <laughs> uh, simmer down, Alex. <laughs> Just like man lace and gloves? What are you Oof. thinking of right now? Cars. Bondage. Cars. Oh. Just oh. thinking about cars. So you know, like honestly, a lot of songs of this nature are usually like using the topic they're talking about to talk about sex, but I feel like this one is really just talking about how much dude loves a car. Yeah, it's using like like kind of sexual sex imagery and contextualize like, the car love. Yes, like suggestive lines, but it's still just so like he's literally like this person like relationships. Nah, I got my car. I'd love to think how it actually happened was like Roger Taylor just wrote this. He just loves his car. He wrote about his car. He shows it to the rest of the band, and they're like, "Roger, this is all about sex." And he's like, "What?" No. No. She's like, uh, no. I just like, love my do you, car. Do you really feel this way about your car, Roger? He's like, no, it's, uh, you know our, uh, our roadie, Jonathan Harris? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was him. Plus, he's like, that dude's a fucking freak. Anyway, <laughs> this should be the B-side to Bohemian Rhapsody. I'll be in the closet until Yeah, I'll be in my closet there. until you guys agree <laughs> with I can't me. believe you guys would say that about me. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> Like, I can't believe he did that. <laughs> That's so, like, childish. Yeah. But, like, I guess there was a lot of that nature just in... Because we it, this was talked about on the Under Pressure episode, where it was, like, <laughs> kind of, like, five divas in a room, essentially. Right. Oh, that's true. Pressure. Like, so we get some of that diva vibe here, too. Yeah. Because, um, I, I, I assume we talked about this on the Under Pressure episode, but... Later in their career, they, like, started just splitting every single song, like, four ways, no matter who wrote it. Right. So, I don't think that was until, like, a fair bit later, though. Like, maybe, like, the 10th album or something. Right. But I think this is this is one of the reasons that they eventually did that. It has to be. Because, it has like, to this be. is a great song. Brian, but it is not Bohemian Rhapsody in any way, shape, or no. form. Like, you no. can't compare. And that Roger Taylor was making equal bank on that. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, insane. I think I would actually put this in probably my top five Queen songs ever. It, it's a banger. It's one of my absolute favorites. It's so good. <laughs> I don't even feel like anything for cars, and I still love this song. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's ultimately, you, you kind of get into this dude's headspace, both through the lyrics and the musical arrangement. Yeah, 
And it's just like a really good, like pretty heavy, just rock song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's, it's pretty different feel to a lot of Queen songs, but it's still Queen. Exactly. Yeah, it is still like inherently Queen, but it has enough of a spin on it that it doesn't kind of fall into the mix of other songs. And also, like the beginning, I know we haven't talked about like music much yet, but like it just kind of like jumps right in and just like there's a lot of noise right at the start. So if you're listening to A Night at the Opera and it just like hits this song <laughs> very suddenly. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's basically hammering on the piano and this yeah. guitar just ripping all over the place. I feel like that makes it like a really good live song. Like, you know, you've just finished the previous song here. The audience is like murmuring away or whatever and you just go right into like the opening riff where like everything's all going at once yeah even like just looking on youtube one of the live versions uh from i don't know the 70s probably oh 81 uh they they start with killer queen and then just go right into i'm in love with my car yeah just like start the guitar riff and very sudden yeah that just gets the room amped so we talked about the intro which is that, and you also get like a sort of weird, almost engine noise going on. Yeah, that's uh, Roger Taylor's car. That is correct, yeah. It is his car. And uh, it's, yeah, his vocals kick ass on this. this. Is this the only song he sings vocals on? No, there's loads. I, the only like oh, yeah? song he's solo on, I think. Solo, okay, yeah. He does a lot of backing, right? No, he's uh, he's solo on like Tenement Funster from oh, Killer yeah. Queen. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a couple. I'm pretty I'm sure there's the like other ones in now. the first five at least. I'm pretty sure he does like one solo per album. Okay, wow, it's insane how good like everyone in Queen is at singing, except maybe yeah. John Deacon. And John Deacon's there as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he has um uh, the loser Short in shorts. the end as well. Oh, that is like maybe my least favorite Queen song. Yeah, I don't Which like one? that song either. Loser, loser in, the in, end. in the end. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm of, just not he's... crazy about it. It's not a bad song. It's just like it doesn't do much for me. Yeah, I mean they have so many incredible songs. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm trying to think if he sings anything on the first album. I know he does. Um, like fight from the inside. Oh, that's right. He does News fight of the world. From the that's a oh, good okay. Song. Yeah, that's a good song. Um, yeah. he does something on. He's f- uh, fun it on jazz. Don't turn it. Fun it. That's a pretty heavy one as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Surely there's something on the game that he does too. Uh, Rocket, Prime Jive. That's like kind of a oh, duo. Yep. <laughs> Love that song. He's got lots of songs. He's got lots of songs. Yeah, maybe not the okay. first one or two. Right. So, well, interesting thing about this song, and uh, so it's the, like the first section and some intermittent parts are very like high speed and like loud. Mm-hmm. But overall, the song is pretty slow, like slow and heavy. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking about my uh, my education at university. And uh, some of you might be a fan of the author Paul Virilio. <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> Big Paul Virilio fan. And the idea that speed freezes, right? What the fuck? You remember anything from him? <laughs> I do. I remember the Museum of the Accident of the Future and that speed freezes. <laughs> I remember nothing about that. I have so, no and, like, knowledge. So his, his whole idea was that the speed, and he talked about it in terms of, he was using speed in terms of movement as an idea of the advancement of technology, where if, when you're moving very fast, it numbs you to the feeling of moving fast. 
It's time dilation. Yeah, kind but of. But not really. And <laughs> from so... A per- from, from a perspective... Perspective. So what we get in this song is the outward perspective where it's... Like the picking up of speed, the loudness of the engine represented through music. And then we cut through to literally the man's headspace where it is just kind of still and slow. That kind of noise. So we get to be in the space in the car where speed has frozen. And it, it were just at a regular pace rather than this high-speed vehicle. When so he's cruising the in overdrive. Yeah. Exactly. So that is how you cruise in overdrive. Oh. So thanks, Paul Virilio, you piece of shit. Yeah, fuck you, Paul Virilio. <laughs> fuck you, Paul Virilio. <laughs> yeah, that is, my, that is my way of understanding the, the composition of this song yeah. in terms and of no, pacing. It, yeah, it really is. kind of has that the two sides of that because like we said it comes in like hard there's the banging on the piano and the guitar's doing like a shredding thing like it's just like you know it's doing that yeah it's like weedle woodling a bit it's weedle woodling yeah yeah and then that does that for a bit and then just like comes in with the lyrics and like you said they're a lot slower yeah. they got that kind of it's like almost like a metal feel the way he does his voice Mm-hmm. Maybe not it's, quite. The thing is, this, but it was this also grasps like elements of metal so well that when we talk about a more metal version later, it's that version is going to, in my eyes, seem kind of irrelevant because it doesn't really add on to what the original already has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck. Roger Taylor goes ham on his vocals. He does not hold back. No, yeah. he is like it. It is so raw and like purely emotional. It's so good. Like it, it's it almost sounds strained, but like in a good way, I guess, because like you could really feel that he he like believes what he's singing about. Sure, it's mm-hmm. like it's like the like rough vocals without it really. Sa- it doesn't sound like he's straining to sing it or anything. Yeah, it's like rough and in key. You yeah. know? Like- yes. And he's just a good vocalist, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we get a lot of in the in the sort of verses is like kind of instruments just accenting points he does. You'll get a little drum roll or the guitar will just start right. screaming in again. Yeah, kind of like between lines. They'll say something. Yeah. They'll do like a little, little shred of yeah, it. Like, when I'm holding your grease gun, I'll be like, Yeah, do like a little lick. Yeah. Yeah, licks. That's the word. That's the one. And then you get the backup vocals on the chorus that kind of carry things like this very like operatic choir. It's like ah. it really was the perfect B side for Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I can't imagine what else you would B side with it. No, will you to put lacing on a Sunday afternoon? <laughs> Profits, that would be. Uh, I don't know, that like, would be su- such a sharp yeah. counterpoint to Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, right? Yeah. Especially because Bohemian Rhapsody is like six minutes. You'd flip it over and you get like a minute and a half song on the other <laughs> side. <laughs> get one of those double B-sides. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the other short song? Death on Two Legs? I think that's like two and a half minutes or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. It's almost four minutes. Three, four, oh, three. fuck. Get Lazy on Sunday Afternoon and like Seaside Rendezvous. <laughs> double, double B-side. <laughs> oh. It's just to bring you down after the intensity of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. yeah. But no, this has a good, like, personal weight to it, whereas, like, Bohemian Rhapsody is so large in terms of scope. You get a whole 
opera happening in six minutes, right? Yeah. This is just one dude heavily talking about his car. Yeah. And it's much simpler. There's really like two sections, maybe three, Mm -hmm. I guess, because it's like the intro. And then during the verse, um, uh, actually, I think the drums are pretty interesting in this too, which is neat considering he's singing at the same time. Um, and then there's the, the second verse, which gets like a, a different guitar part kind of gets sharper and then just like burn it run it kind of the second verse yeah. is different are you talking about the second verse you're talking about the is that the told my girl i'd have to forget her is that the second verse um, yeah yes. that's the one yeah that's what it's called on, yeah. on genius yeah anyway. that's that gets more like a like a like a heavy rhythm section it's like ban out down to down out down like it's a yeah. good driving rhythm exactly because and as you mentioned that's kind of like the other section where he's talking about how it's destroying his life but he doesn't care because mm. he has cars <laughs> yeah and well while the it's like not a heavily complex song besides the fact that the playing i think is very expertly done it's like it's very technical mm-hmm. like it brings out like enough emotion without having to be like an orchestra right it, it's like the perfect notes to hit yeah it's just the much more rock and roll side of that literally in the case of the the single. It's, I, it's hard for me to say more about this because every other word I want, every, like every other sentence, I just want to be like, "This song's so fucking good." <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I've got it going in the background right now. It is just like, it's so good, so good. Like it's perfect. Like, would you guys both rank it pretty highly in in your personal favorites as well? Yeah, honestly, like, especially, like, it's always held a special spot in my mind. Like, it's always one that, like, I've known about and kind of haven't put with other Queen songs. But if I really had to categorize, like, a top five, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's got pretty high space there. Nice. I probably... it's not... No, you finish. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Personally, I probably don't hold it in that high regard or at, compared to you guys, maybe. So I don't think it would be top five, but I think it would at least make maybe top 10, probably definitely top 15. Hmm. Because you know what it is? It has an element that I think maybe the darkness has picked up on. Uh, you take like, this, it's this like, sort of base idea, mm-hmm. I like my car, and you make it <laughs> just just grand. You know? And like, like just, think yeah. of all the like funniest lines you can, like cleverest yeah, lines you can it, it's <laughs> throw in the song. It's hilarious. Yeah. And how you can make it sexual as well. Yeah. Exactly. Like the entirety of Permission to Land. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I would, like, if you asked any member of the Darkness, what, like, the top five Queen songs, because obviously they like Queen, we wouldn't even have to ask that question. Yeah. I would be surprised if this wasn't in all of their top fives. Oh, man. I'd love to find that out, actually. <laughs> Yeah, me too. All right. Can you get him on here? Let's see if we get the darkness I, on. We're Call up try. Justin. We, we, we've already got John of Jardev, so the next <gasps> step is the darkness. Yeah, pretty much. I, it's not even really a step up. It's a lateral move. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um, with that, I mean, we talked about the music video already. I don't think we need to dive into that again. Yeah, there's not much more to say. It's a lot of Should shots. We move into of, the cover you know, versions. Cars. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now between every cover version, what I'm going to do is tell a beautiful story about my car, Buey Lewis. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first story I'd like to tell is just 
uh, just a memory of uh, uh, driving John to school one day when we were both going to Mount Royal, and it was snowy out, and like my defrost wasn't working so hot. Oh, I remember this. <laughs> so, so we were literally driving, and whenever the car would stop, we would stop at a, a like a, a light. I would roll the window down, pull out my scraper, and not getting out of the car, I would just try and scrape ice <laughs> off my end of the car on the windshield. <laughs> Fuck, I was actually thinking of that exact thing, like, earlier this week when I, like, went out to start my car and it was, like, super fogged up or whatever. I was like, huh, I remember Jake having to do this on, like, Crow Child. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I could have sworn you used, like, your glove instead of the scraper. <laughs> oh, it might, because I might have not had a scraper at the time. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> There was a period of that. I found out, and this is a good trick for you guys. So if you don't have a scraper, a credit card works really well. Oh, okay. Yeah. That must take a long ass time, but it, it does. But when you know, you're like, desperate, when you're desperate, and which I was when I was in Calgary this last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the first story of a time I risked a friend's life while driving a car. Sweet. Stay tuned for the next one. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, so this first cover version is Queen, again, but That's Paul right. Rogers... But who is Paul Rogers, you ask? He's that guy from Free and Bad Company. I'm pretty sure we we talked about them on Under Pressure, maybe. Did they but come up again? Did we I say? I could not remember who Paul like Rogers was. Love. He, so yeah, he's uh, feel like making love, and uh, don't you, you know, know that you are a shooting star? Classic, the only bad company song I know. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Rock Band. Uh huh. Shout out to Rock Band. Yeah, he's like a like a very big deal. Like he's a solo artist. He was with Free. He was with Bad Company. He's, he's a multi instrumentalist, which makes me wonder if he was doing more than just playing, uh, just than just singing on this. One. Well, there's a video of it. He was. Did he play guitar on this? I didn't look at the video because I suck. I don't it know. Was, what he it was guitar like. or bass. He's definitely playing something. He's probably playing bass because they don't have peaks. But they, they had another guitarist as well as Brian May, so yeah, I yeah, could it, not it tell who was Paul Rogers. On the uh on the original track as well. Oh, okay. Because Roger Taylor actually doubles the guitar that uh Brian May lays down. Ooh. Yeah. They did they did that a lot of tracks, like a lot of multi layering guitar, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Brighton Rock is like three layers of guitar. Yeah, it's yeah, insane fun. like how much uh, music you like if you just came at it honestly, you're like, I'm gonna play guitar for this album, and then you would look at it and be like, my guitar doesn't sound like this, but it's because it's multiple guitars. Yeah, and he's playing with a coin. Yeah, yeah. So play with a coin. Um, so this version is pretty similar to the original, but they do it live. Yeah, like instrumentally, it's just about like a carbon copy. Yeah, and also yeah. like it's Queen and Paul Rogers, but it doesn't matter that much because it's it's. It's still Roger it's Taylor. It's not Paul Rogers singing. It's Roger Taylor. Yeah. So also kudos to Paul Ro- kudos to Roger Taylor for looking better now than he did in two thousand five. <laughs> um, it looks more distinguished in? nowadays, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Possibly because just his facial hair, but 
Either way, way to go. <laughs> so yeah, more than looking at this, I guess, as a cover, it's a testament to how fucking sick Queen is live. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. But other than that, I don't really have anything to say because it's basically just the original version. Yeah, it really is. And like the fact that it is basically just the original is impressive. Mm-hmm. The guitar uh, what was different. This, no, yeah, go ahead. Okay, oh. tell us about the guitar. I don't remember. I just wrote down different guitar at the beginning. I think hmm. it was probably his Weedly Woos were just a bit different. Okay, let me take a look here. I'm going to listen to it live here on okay. the, the air. <laughs> He doesn't even do Weedly Woos. Yeah, it's Weedly Wooless. Oh it's my without Weedly Woos. It's just the rhythm. The oh, okay. I knew it sounded different. You're 100% right. Nice. Um, interesting fact about Paul Rogers. While we're talking about him, he was ranked number 55 on uh, Rolling Stone's list of the 100, best, uh, the 100 greatest singers of all time. He's got a good oh, voice. Okay. But yeah, beyond that, it's a it's a good fucking live version. Um, instead of going high up like he does on the original track, he goes a little lower when he goes to the "Told My Girl" part. Yeah, yeah. Which I think he just probably can't older. do it. Yeah, yeah. But it still sounds great. And um, I think it's really good that you can, like in in the original, obviously it fades out for like thirty seconds, but in this mm-hmm. live version, they kept it going, so you can actually hear like. Brian May's Weedly Woos during the fade out. Yeah. Which we is really cool. We actually forgot to mention that in when we were talking about the original instrumentation. Oh, but yeah. Interesting part because it comes to the end, it fades out, and then it comes back to the boom, 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 like a very calm, clean guitar. Yeah. And then the engine rolling again. Yeah. I, I don't. Do they go back to the just like a little acoustic y bit in this live version, or do they just do like the the improv outro bit and then just end it let me take a look here okay they got drum hits no it just ends it's like a classic drum finish just like a live one yeah drum okay but yeah it was really cool to hear like what brian may was actually doing during the outro mm-hmm yeah it's it's cool in live performances sometimes how the song almost gets dissected Mm-hmm. And you can kind of hear individual parts a lot clearer and see what was going on. And, like, whenever a song fades out, like, you know the people who recorded it know what was happening. But, like, if you're just listening to it, you can miss a lot when it's fading out. So it's mm-hmm. nice hearing the live versions when they have to, like, do an actual ending. <laughs> yeah, rather than just be like, we're going to play it quieter. <laughs> we're just going to loop it and fade out. <laughs> All right. With that, our next song we're going to talk about is Gary Shut in 2005. But first, a story about a time I picked Alex up from a place in my Buick Century. And this is a great story because I had forgotten about it until Alex brought it up one time. Oh, I'm I, looking I, I forward to you, it. I don't remember where I picked you up. It was probably from university, Alex. I was like, yeah, I'll come pick you up. Okay. And then we're, we're driving back on Crow Child. I'm like driving really quick. And you're like, Jake, you're driving super fast. I'm like, yeah, Alex. I took some mushrooms beforehand, and I want to get home before they oh, kick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were driving from your place in Brentwood just to, like, get some food. And, oh. I was, and you were, like, tailgating people in, like, a playground zone. I was like, Jake, what are you? Is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. 
Ooh, two for two on uh, Risk and Friends Lies. Yes. Risk and Friends Lies. I'd like to note that the only time I've been in an accident, I was completely sober, and I was the only one in the vehicle. Thank you nice. very much for tuning in. <laughs> With that, Gary, shut! The machine of a dream Such a clean machine Shut. Um, he's a real working musician type. He's in his own band, which I forgot to write the name down of, uh, and currently he's also in an Ozzy Osbourne cover band, which yeah. is, I think the name of it is The Diary of Ozzy or something. Diary so of an Ozman. That's it. Close That's the only one I wrote down. <laughs> that is correct. He worked with uh, Jeff Scott Soto and the band yeah. Kara. You know what's a big deal about Jeff Scott Soto? No. He was in Queen Extravaganza when I saw them here in 2012. Cool. Of course he was. So I thought that was a really cool, like, little tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> so what we have here is an acoustic version off of his album, Dramatically Acoustic. It's a very accurate name. Mm-hmm. It is, actually. Um, it describes this, this version very well. Uh, he's really now, just, like, he's, yeah. doing, he's doing the strumming on the acoustic guitar, and, uh, and he's doing his singing, and it's dramatic and now i didn't like the tone on the acoustic in this one am i alone no. in that it's very like shrill like piercing yeah very treble like it's yeah. way too much high and not enough low yeah it's very yeah. bright i didn't have a problem with it but it is very bright like i definitely noticed it like maybe he was playing with a coin or something maybe, maybe. that would be to interesting try and match it. he was trying to yeah capture that that red special feel yeah but yeah i definitely noticed it was like almost painful <laughs> <laughs> and i think combined with his vocals which also sound strained but not in the good way that roger taylor's vocals sound strained oh really yeah huh his his sound strained like he doesn't he can't handle the range he's in oh, i didn't feel that at he, all he sounded Taylor's okay to sound... me because there's okay, one later on that too much was having trouble i think but this one but it's definitely like it does have that sound to it where there's a lot of like force going into it. Mm. Yeah, it's it sounds like maybe his voice is suited to a better like a different genre better. Mm. Like maybe if he was doing something hard rock or metal like he like would Aussie. Be able to, yeah, yeah, be able to let it go a little. Yeah. Whereas he's sort of holding something back here and it makes it a little more like the guitar, it's also kind of shrill to me. Kind of creates mm -hmm. some tension and like just feels like bunched up. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Because that's kind of what I get. Yeah. It's it's it just feels like yeah, like tight. Pretty tight, um, man. Pretty tight, but so, like tight, you know? Yeah. Toy. Um he says carburetor, not carburetor. Oh. Carburetor. Uh, Does he even know what a carburetor British is? American thing? It must be. Like carburetor must be the, the British way of pronouncing it. Or it's mm -hmm. just altered for a rhythm rhyme thing. Does it what what's it rhyme with? Forget yeah, well, her. Yeah, no. forget her. So no, it's carburetor. The like I <laughs> put it into Microsoft Word and it was like, what the fuck is carburetor, you dipshit? It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's not even it doesn't even have an A, does it? No. It's a carburetta. Like a gun. But I think like I think in Canada at least I've heard it as carburetor in like casual conversation. That's how I've yeah, always must, said it. Must be a North American versus UK pronunciation because mm -hmm. i mean like half the covers say carburetor yeah 
I mean, you lose that R and it's a carburetor, mate. You know? Are you Australian? Australian. <laughs> mate. Hi, governor. Mate. Throw another carburetor on the barbie. <laughs> Yeah, so that's pretty um, much the album, like it's or the song rather, like it's it's an acoustic version, really. And he's yeah, really really hammering those drums. And he then the, the end is a JoJo reference. <laughs> and it's like, what I, happens next? I don't know. I was excited when I heard that. Yeah, it was like, oh, sick! I would love to hear Roundabout on acoustic. And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, nope. and it's not even on his album. This is the ending track of the album. <laughs> oh well. Then it is a JoJo reference. Right, because you have to wait for the next album. Let's see what's oh. on the next album. Dramatically Acoustic 2. It's called Besides Myself. <laughs> Besides Myself. It might be called Sentimental Remastered. Sentimental Remastered. So our next track coming up is Rock 4 in the year 2006. But first, a tale of a time I was driving in Edmonton. Oh. Well, it's in Edmonton. I guess it was last year. And... I was I went to a liquor store, picked up some liquor, and there was so there's the liquor store in this one parking lot, and separate to it was this hotel that I uh, not an inn that I let, later stayed at, but that's a different story that doesn't involve my car. And but between them, they weren't just connected like flatly; they were clearly separated. You would have to drive around, you'd have to go back out onto the street, drive around a block, and get in there. I didn't know this; it was dark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. So I just I just drove straight forward, and it was like a five foot drop, I guess, between oh, them. Shit. Oh fuck! Yes. So with my car, I just drove forward, and then didn't realize until I heard a kutunk that I had gone over. There was another person with me in the car, and we were like, "Oh fuck!" And she's like, "What do we do now?" And I'm like, "Fucking keep going forward." Just what? drove over it. Yeah, just drove it. Landed on the ground. Drove back to the, the, the house I was staying at at the time. Went out, looked at the car. Not a fucking scratch. Nothing. Oh no damage. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I basically just drove off a sheer cliff and nothing happened. <laughs> and your car was fine. My car was like, yep, that's the road for you. <laughs> God, I love that thing. All right. Rock 4, 2006. <laughs> Machine of a dream, such a clean machine. When the pistols are popping, oh, Dutch six. acapella group. Oh, I'm so glad you and brought back the acapella Dutch. just for me. It, it's, I'm yeah, so yeah, glad yeah, there was actually an acapella group yeah, specifically yeah, for you being on. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, one of the more interesting yeah, acapella yeah, groups, yeah. but. That said, I still hate him. So, Rock 4 is a Dutch vocal group that loves to experiment on well-known pop and rock songs without musical instruments ever being missed. My number one criticism of this version is it feels empty. Yes. It's like, so much like yeah, dead yeah, air. Yeah. Yes! A lot. Yeah. It's like, what instruments they do? They do drums and bass. I'm not sure there's anything else. Yeah, and vocals. the backup vocals from the original. Yeah. They forgot guitars. Yeah. What's wrong with them? There was no one doing... There's like two tracks. We've been over this. Exactly. And you, they pulled out... And that's so much lifeblood in this song. Yeah. Is that guitar ripping in and out. 
what do I we like, think um, of this guy's lead vocals? I mean, he's got energy. Mm-hmm. It it sounds like a it's like a like theatery type cover, you know? It's very yeah, that I'll end of the spectrum. That. I think it did say that on the website. It said they try and blur the lines between rock music and theater. Theater. Yeah, you know theater. who did it better? Alice Cooper. <laughs> anyway, John, you were going to say that you liked something before I interrupted you <laughs> earlier. Fuck, I don't think I was. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the energy. <laughs> right. John, it's a self-professed acapella. What do you look for in an acapella cover? <laughs> um, I think legitimately that like all the instruments are accounted for, which this one just doesn't. Right. Like, I, I actually thought the bass were pretty good. Yeah, I will say the beatboxing on the track was actually pretty good. Yeah. Oh no, I I didn't like the drums at all. They oh no, they just they did just sound like a guy just kind of like spitting into a microphone. It's a good thing I have this pop filter. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like the, my problem with this version is it sounds more like a demo than an actual track. Yeah, it seems like a very rough cut, which is weird because this comes from. The entire night of the opera album that they covered yeah <laughs> they do the whole thing did you take a chance to listen to any of the other no i couldn't couldn't do? do it no i couldn't i, I can't. let's i'm gonna t take a look here let's try 39 well, that's easy it starts with vocals <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it should start with guitar that's right did they forget the guitar on that one as well fully no guitar on any of these i'm guessing because it's what? not on this one the fuck it would it's be an acoustic weird guitar to do like a strumming guitar i think but like i mean you could do other acapella though, groups like, do it yeah other acapella groups do it well yeah or they do it at least but they at least do it yeah yeah i would agree with you john i think if you're an acapella group it is your responsibility to cover all of the instruments yeah because otherwise, sort of, like, yeah, the game is like we can do everything that an instrument can do with our faces, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you don't, you're just left with all this weird blank space, dead air in the song. Yeah, it's yeah. That's it's that's it, that's this. That's the problem with this version is they don't yeah. do everything, so they did a bad job. <laughs> oh, it was live, wasn't it? Yeah, because they do applaud at the end. Yeah. So. Why? <laughs> <laughs> why did they applaud? <laughs> well, like, why do it live if you're recording an album? Like, surely yeah. the whole point of acapella, I guess, like, you want to do it live, but also you want to, like, layer multiple different vocal tracks to make it sound like the actual song. You just add mm -hmm. more people. Like, yeah, yeah, acapella seems like it would benefit from a studio space. Yeah, where you can get away with just having four people in the band because, you know, one person does two guitar tracks or whatever. And how you have, like, 12 people in your club at your university. Yeah. 26 people, I decided to a better number. <laughs> Rock 26. Yeah. Rock 26. Rock 26. <laughs> also, these guys are Dutch, didn't hear much of a Dutch accent, so I guess hey, it's way to go. I heard a little bit. I heard, I heard a bit, yeah. Okay, all right. I I also shut my mind off when listening to acapella. <laughs> it just finishes. You're like, oh, I don't remember it, but I'm sure it was shit. Yeah, I'm like, no, that was garbage. I, I think so. Yeah, is, this, <laughs> is it over? Is it still playing? No, it's good. Yeah. Oh, they're applauding. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, 
Yeah, Great yeah. Job. Oh, oh, oh. Acafellas. Acafellas. This is not a good one for the acafellas. No. John, a... what's the best acapella we've talked about on this podcast? Oh, I don't think you've actually talked about any good ones. <laughs> well, that might explain a lot. I legit think like the only good ones I've heard were on Glee. I was just going to ask you, one, what's the best Glee clever cover, and two, do they ever do acapella? <laughs> okay, the best Glee cover is mm-hmm. Take Me to Church. Okay. I don't, re- I don't really like that song, but the Glee cover was so good. Right. And it's, it's even from, like, the bad seasons, so... Um, like what they're using that song to actually bring people into church or what i fuck, i don't i do not remember i remember nothing about the show to be honest like my sister's re-watching it and like i'll walk in and she'll be like oh do you remember this happening i'll be like nope that one time where they do wicked uh oh i vaguely remember that one i would love to do a cover me spinoff where we all just watch glee and oh, talk yes. about it <laughs> But we have to stop after season three because it gets garbage after that. <laughs> That's we can we just watch deep, the bro. music segments. Oh, fine. You'll miss the story. No, no, no. We need the story. I need to see right. Jane Lynch be mean to people. And yeah. Yeah, we'll get the else context happens in that show. We'll still get the context because the song. We'll watch the video and the song. Yeah, what and what happens to the dogs away, afterwards, we'll Alex? Know they're giving pets away for "Take Me Home Tonight." And what about Landslide? You guys missed the whole story we about landslide, the, Alex. the lesbian couple. Oh, no. Oh, my God. But did they climb a mountain and turn around? I don't remember, Alex. I don't remember anything about Glee. <laughs> well, maybe, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, they, they, they did acapella on Glee. Can't remember any off the top of my head, but they definitely did it. Okay. Was At it... the gay private mm. school. The gay private school. Well, it was a private school, but I think most of them were gay. A privately gay school. <laughs> yeah, well, they were public about it. Publicly gay, but you had to pay good money to get in. God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> With that, we're going to move into our 2010 cover, which is Scream! Scream! But before we do that, we're going to talk about uh, uh, just, a, just an individual story from a time I was sleeping in my car. I first decided to park it just around this, like, uh, like a stormwater reservoir near where my girlfriend of the time was living. Not that I was going to go see her or, like, live with her or anything. I was just, just like, yeah, I might as well park over here. That's a nice spot in nature. <laughs> and I, like, rolled the windows a bit because I was like, I don't want to die of loss of air. I was like, got to get some air ventilation going in. And what happened is I was laying there and I hear a a mosquito had entered <sighs> my oh, car. No. As they do, so they I get s- everywhere. Yeah, they enter. So I spent like five to ten minutes like fighting in the dark trying to kick the shit out of this mosquito. <laughs> and then I eventually decided, I was like, fuck this. I just rolled down all my windows, drove the fuck away, parked in scenic acres and slept there with the windows <laughs> up. <laughs> like, if I die, I die. I fucking hate mosquitoes. So that's a bit of a drive. Yes, that was about a 20-minute drive. Yeah, okay, cool. Fuck, what time was that? Late. It was. It had been around midnight at least. Okay. <laughs> so that's that. Let's talk about Scream in 2010. The machine of a dream. Such a clean machine. With the pistons pumping. 
let's scream about scream so they're a hardcore punk band from washington dc you know from the dc hardcore explosion or scene or whatever was that a real is thing it, allegedly <laughs> oh okay is so, it definitely the same band yeah i looked at their uh spotify page and it is the same okay okay because like on google yeah, play like sometimes there there'll be like five different bands yeah. combined with the same name right and scream so, is just like especially yeah with a name like scream name. yeah um so they seem to be on the like m- melodic end of hardcore as far as i can tell yeah they kind of have a house of the rising sun arpeggio progression for the guitar at the start there, that boom, no, 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 boom, 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 no, no. They didn't sound very punk. No. I guess it's like 30 years later because they started in 1982. Right. So this is where they're mellowed out and just kind of like, we could do songs we like. And then you get this. It's quite a soft version for a punk band, though. Yeah. Like, really, for being especially a hardcore punk band, like. Yeah. Softcore. This is softcore punk. <laughs> softcore punk. <laughs> but we get some. We get this a lot more synthesizer in this version. Yeah. They throw in in that second verse. They like, in in in, and it's kind of like, yeah, brightish. That's that's yeah. also not really very punk. No, is it's it? not. Okay. No. It's uh, it's it's interesting. This version is very dynamic. There's a lot of different pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said it was very proggy. Yeah. It's honestly, if you told me this was prog rock and not punk rock, I'd be like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Sure. the synth that makes it prog. <laughs> yeah, and just like these different sections that last for like 20 seconds and are gone and never heard from again. You're like, yeah. that's prog rock, baby. Yeah. Which I forgot to look this up, but I've, I've mentioned this before. It's the thing I read uh, that Frank Turner wrote about being in a hardcore band and always wanting to like add more and more sections where like you change several times throughout the song. So is that kind mm-hmm. of a hardcore thing? Maybe I I'd have to look. Maybe because they do they do go through a lot here. Yeah. This would have been. I feel like that's just like a prog thing. Yeah, it it does definitely seems to have roots in prog rock. But, I gotta do mm-hmm. my research. I will say this is that I thought they they did a good job of making it seem different from the original while still holding a lot of similar energies. Yeah. Without, you get these yeah. sections where it's just the guitar and him singing, I'm in love with my car, which really emphasizes, you know, that love aspect. And then you get some ripping guitar. You get these good, I think their best part, and this sounds dumb, is is when they would stop playing the instruments. Yeah. <laughs> that know, they had these good, good breaks. Because he kind of mm-hmm. like holds, at least the one I'm thinking of, he kind of like holds on to the, the line he's singing. And then like everything kind of mm-hmm. cuts out for like half a second. And then the guitar just, like, screams back in, and then everything else drops in, too. So, like, it's kind of a cool, cool way to do that. Like, kind of yeah. pause, sudden stop, and then just leads back in, and then everything starts up. Very quickly, though. Yeah, and, like, the last minute of this is instrumental. The- yeah, it was, this wasn't quite the longest one, was it? It was, like, second longest. Um, yeah, let's see. We got 320 for one this one, and the longest is 407. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this one is 15 seconds longer than the original. Yeah, that, like, like you said, though, the, the original is pretty slow, so it's pretty easy to, to speed it up a bit in covers. Yeah. Especially if you're punk, supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually surprised this version isn't a lot faster. Yeah. Uh, they changed one yeah. of the lines. 
Yeah, they uh, say uh, honey instead of sun. Sun. Which yeah. like doesn't Which rhyme anymore. And they could have yeah, said hun. It completely destroys the rhyme. They could have said <laughs> hun. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> but what well, line were you talking Greece about? Gunny. What'd you say? No, like it's the same same line. I just mm-hmm. like I just noticed they changed it. I didn't really notice it didn't rhyme anymore. No. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's bizarre because it doesn't need to be changed. No. At all? I guess it's a little bit sexier if you say honey. Ooh. Honey. Yeah. Instead it's... of sun. Could have said honey. Yeah, I don't know. It's almost more honest to say to say sun than honey. <laughs> Because like that infers that he's talking to people of his as his it implies a fraternal conversation rather than possibly talking to the woman who he is yeah. being like, hey, yeah. I need I a carburetor, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, a what? <laughs> yeah. So it 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 seems to be a like they changed it out of some like misplaced homophobia or something. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. That's kind of what I thought too. Yeah, they like they weren't secure enough to say son. Mm-hmm. You're already in love with your car. Your sexuality's already <laughs> fucked. Like move forward. <laughs> yeah. He just doesn't want kids. <laughs> yeah. So you can call your kids honey though. Yeah, you can call so many people honey. Yeah. It's true. It's more call, broadly you call applicable. Call anyone honey, really. Call anyone son too, but they might not like it. Son. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm always trying to call people brother. They also that doesn't do always work out. They also do brother. like a, a break. Hey, brother. Too. We're <laughs> clanging and banging, brother. Wow. Like we both just thought of different types of brother. There, I was going for Hulk Hogan. You're going for like Southern brother. <laughs> I mean, I think Hulk Hogan has some Southern vibes in him. Maybe. This song also... He's racist. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. In this song, they also do like a, like a breakdown section where there's a lot of harmonies and stuff. Yeah. For the later on bit. What's the exact part? Second chorus. No. That's wrong. We talked about when he does the yeah the second chorus. I'm in love with my car. Yeah, like, like two minutes uh, in. Lots of uh, the music kind of cuts down a bit. Yeah, I would say these guys do like kind of the most with the space they have. Like, yeah, they, they change it up a lot. They change it up a lot, and it still like holds that activity of the original. Mm-hmm. It maybe mm-hmm. doesn't break out into being like its own original piece. It seems to be a piece that draws on sort of elements we understand to construct the song. Whereas I feel like the original is like it kind of carves its own path and we understand it based on that path. Mm-hmm. Sure. Why not? Or is this one's more based on like sometimes we have a slow section and then we get hard and then it's, and you know, like oh. it's. Yeah, we we get a boner from the slow section, no, you know, and then we, but no, like the instruments build, like it's more based on like constructs than based on an original idea coming through to a completion. Yeah, yeah, like instead of just taking the song and changing it to a like a different style, they took the song and just like fit a bunch of different styles all into it. Hmm. Does anyone else have anything to say about this version? Um, I don't think no. <laughs> no. All right. We will move on to The Dog's Divine in 2011, but first, another story about Buey Lewis, the uh, Buick Century. 
So I bought this car in 2012, and it was uh, I bought it from uh, in the Northeast. My dad and I were going out to see cars that day, and we drove a couple. We drove a Pontiac Grand Am, which I was like, "Oh, this drives nice," but it's also the same car Alex has, so like, I don't <laughs> so really no. want it. Was it maroon? At, um, it might have actually been maroon. It was pretty. Okay. Like, it was pretty close to being just your car, and so then we get into this Buick Century. I drive it around. My dad was like, "Oh, you have the fucking leg space on this, bro. You should love this car." And I was like, "Well, my dad knows best, <laughs> and I do have legs, so I would love them to have space." So I drove it around, and I was like, "This is good." And he like he like this is where I learned all my car buying tricks too, is because he would he like pushed on the back of the car, and he's like, "This rear suspension's a piece of shit. We're gonna need like we're gonna uh, give me twenty five hundred for it." And the guy's like, "Can't do any less than twenty seven hundred." And we we're like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I got 300 bucks off that car <laughs> nice <laughs> man what was legroom like a huge deal for you when you were looking for cars because it was so hard for me to find a like a car yeah, I could fit dude, in dude I bet because like I've driven my sister's Corolla like a, it's a it's an early 2000s Corolla and just it feels like I'm driving a clown car when I'm in that thing <laughs> even if I adjust yeah. the seat so yeah like I need these big fat sedans or else I'm like what the fuck am I doing? Yep. Like, I, I could not go with any Japanese make because they oh, were no, so small. Oh, no, absolutely not. Even in my Thank car, I like to lean the seat back just so I get a little more of that space, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what kind of car do you have, John? I have um, a Volkswagen Jetta. I knew it. I was like, it's a Volkswagen Jetta. I was looking at those, too. They seem like a good car. Yeah, it's pretty decent, actually. Like, really good legroom. Mm-hmm. It's like it, I think it like I could only look for like that or a Ford Focus when I was looking because like they were the only two cars I could fit in. <laughs> right. Yeah, I had. That I, sounds about right. I drove the Jetta uh, as a rental w between when I was between cars, and it was very like smooth. Everything was very smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Weren't you shit talking it? Was I? Yeah, he was. The stereo system is apparently not great. Oh yeah. Oh, that was it. <laughs> the speakers weren't amazing. Mm. <laughs> Now, but I also enough, I was... believe it was the Volkswagen Jetta that has a advertisement, I believe, shot in the dark 2013, that has the song Poison as its uh as its underlying because it's like a it's a cover of it basically. He does different lyrics, but he's driving a Volkswagen Jetta while he sings the song. <laughs> and, well, by uh, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper's yes. Is oh Alice, my god. Is Alice Cooper driving the Jetta? No, it's just some dude. Oh, okay. Oh. That's been our car talk. The Dog's Thanks. Divine 2011. Oh, yeah. The machine of a dream. Such a clean machine. Yeah, this is a pet grooming uh, uh, business <laughs> in Newfoundland <laughs> and Labrador. Um. <laughs> It's like the second result as well. Who decided they would do a cover song, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's a drum in business, you know? You gotta do what you gotta do. So these guys have a MySpace page. <laughs> yes. And a Facebook, and that's and it. Facebook. This was one of the two artists, I believe, where I looked at their page and I was just like, <sighs> fine, they're a band, like, whatever. Because they're just like, yeah. eh, music, we love it, and it's our blood. And one time we had to change our manager and also some band members, and also, God, it's been a rough doing music professionally is tough. It's been a rough time being the dog's divine. 
and like half their uh, their Facebook about section is bands we've toured with, and it's just like a list of like twenty Drowning bands. Pool, yeah, it's just like name dropping obscure bands. Egypt Central, yeah. Skid Row. LA I love that Guns. they also have bands they like. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, bands we want to sound like. Artists we also <laughs> like: Molly Crew, The Ramones, Motor. Pantera was on there. That's all oh, I remember yeah, from I'm that bit. Guns I've got a good car story about Motley Crue, but it's not my car. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the metal version, essentially, right? It is the metal version. The Boodlywoos are way more metal in tone. Yeah, the it, tone it of that lead metal. guitar yeah. is much more in the vein of metal. And like, yeah, it's no like, piano. It's like and just like, no, that's true. Crashing those drums. Just crashing. Piano is not metal, Alex. You can't have that. No. You can make a piano out of metal. <laughs> Get out, Alex. This is why you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a growly voice. It's very, like, if it's not metal, it's metal adjacent. It makes me think it's of, like, like m- Motorhead, maybe. Yeah, like, it, it sounds like, like all those kind of, like, alternative metal bands that all sound the same, like, like Three Days Grace and like Saliva and like Drowning yeah. Pool and stuff. It's not like it's not quite metal. It's that space between metal and every other rock genre. Hey, it's it's radio metal. Yeah, that's it. It's radio metal. It's yeah. It's like like it's the songs that would be played on CJ ninety two here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's yeah. like if you had had to play it for your dad, he would be like, "Oh yeah, I know this kind of metal." Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's definitely that style, and they like the guitars are are very much like like high sustain sort of situation. So most of this, while he's singing, most of the guitar playing is like just strum a guitar. You know, it's long sustain and just kind of fades for like like yeah. the chords, mm-hmm. which is quite different from the original, which kind of has a, a a rhythm guitar thing going on. That's a little more involved. And of course, they have yeah. some shredding because it's you know it's metal. Yeah. There's lots of yeah. Do you know they kind of fucked up? What? Oh yeah, maybe. Where did he fuck up? It's at like two oh seven. It's like they either mess up or for some reason one of the instruments like slows down for a bar. Let me see. Oh yeah, it feels awkward there. It just it like feels like something stumbles. <laughs> Yeah, like he almost missed hitting that that next chord. Like he let, yeah. the, let one sustain for too long. Yeah, I don't know why they left that in. Yeah, that's one thing we forgot to talk about on the original. Is at the I think it's the thirty second in the original. There's this like beep noise. Wait, what? I didn't. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to go to if if on the Spotify version it's thirty seconds, but it's a little like. Yeah, about? with that the hubcaps all gleam line. I'm gonna have to bust out the the record, the LP, and see if it does that. Let's see which that, version yeah. do we have? Like, is it the original or the remaster? Remaster. Um, so the okay. 2011 remaster, but I think it's also on the it's on the uh, YouTube video one. It's in the official video. Huh. Weird. Hang on, I gotta listen to this Google Pixel 4 ad. <laughs> does it look? Oh, wow. Does it look enticing? It, yeah, very. What's the best part? The lack of a headphone jack? Yes, that's the best part. Uh, the lack of a fingerprint scanner? 
So at like 40 seconds in the YouTube video, John. It's, oh my god, yeah, I hear it. Yeah, what the fuck? I've never heard it until this I've week. I've never heard that I've before. You've ruined my favorite that. song. <laughs> what is this it? Is... Why is it there? How is it lasted through the remaster? What is that noise? I don't know. It's like a little, like, bee boop, right? Yeah, it's like, bee boop. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <sighs> oh. It's not in any other version, but it is in the original, and it sounds like a recording error. That's so weird. It sounds like like in a modern recording, like somebody's phone went off and then it just like kept going. Yeah, I, I thought that was like a disc, like something that was happening in Discord for a moment. Nope, that that is just literally the noise it makes. That's really weird. Yeah, I have nothing for it. I don't know what to tell you beyond that. <laughs> So maybe the dogs divine weren't messing up. They were just alluding to it. At a completely different part in the song with a completely yeah, different yeah, thing going on. <laughs> Probably that's what it was. They're yeah. like, at its heart, I am in love with my car. It's a song about weird musical errors. And so we put one in here. <laughs> you can't have I'm in love with my car without a weird musical error. That it's would be crazy. Not. I'm sure everyone's got one. Exactly. So, yeah, beyond that revelation, the, the thing I found most interesting about this version is how uninteresting it is. <laughs> yes. It's pretty uninspired, right? Yeah, it's just like, and like, they definitely put it into a more metal context, a more radio metal context, as yeah. we said. But Which it, isn't really yeah. my thing, personally. Maybe, but maybe I, some people I also don't it. think it adds. I don't think it is an addition to the original song. I think it detracts from the original. They, uh... Added a metal sound. They did, but they lost the the like the heart and soul of the original. It's not as technically complex. It's yeah, is this the, guy even fucking vocal. his car? Probably not. Yeah, the, I don't. I don't <laughs> believe this man is fucking his car. Like, <laughs> God, disgusting. Yeah, exactly. It's like has fuck he your even car. Looked dogs at his car. Yeah, come back after that exhaust pipe is greasy with Vaseline <laughs> and jizz, and then record this <laughs> from your grease gun. <laughs> Which probably don't penis. even know what a grease... Yeah, your grease gun is your gross dick. <laughs> your gross dog dick. Yeah, and also when you re-record it, say carburetor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even note down how like which bands fucked it up, because it was about half. Yeah, exactly. It was a 50-50 odds of getting the right word versus the wrong one. <laughs> I don't understand that. Like, it's not like... You're just reading the lyrics, and you have to like try and imagine what the original sounds like. You can listen to the original. <laughs> exactly, just listen to the original. It's like I was thinking about this yesterday. It's like if you were going to recover, like, like Flight of the Concords or something, you wouldn't mm -hmm. like get rid of their accent, right? You'd tr probably try and mimic their accent and like mannerisms. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't. Well, what especially because that one's like that one's comedy, so so much of the it's timing in a completely different way from music, right? It's comedic yeah. timing as well as musical timing. Yeah. So to and mess their with that, just is, funny. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. That's a tough one to cover. I just don't know why so many people said carburetor. I know they fucking because they're saying it they're... right. Excuse me, who else. invented cards? Oh, it was an American who invented cars. Shit. Shit. That's what I thought. Mean. <laughs> but who invented horseless carriages? Mm. Uh, I think I thought that was Jesus. Right? That's right. <laughs> that's and what Jesus the gospel was... is about? 
was British. So. <laughs> exactly. Checkmate. American Checkmate pronunciations. With that, we're going to move into the plastic fantastics in fantastics. 2011. But first, another story about my, my beloved car. So, when I was buying my new car, I uh, we were driving it around, and I looked, and I noted that in the cassette player on the car, he had a cord dangling out of it. And I was like, oh, is that stuck in there? And he was like, oh, I never even noticed that thing. I was like, oh, well, you probably put your, like, your, you plug it into your phone so you can play music off of there. And he's like, wow, yeah, I never even noticed it. And so I tried it on the way back home, and it works. It, it is a functional cassette to phone to play over the stereo system. Now, in my old car, I had one of those cassettes, and I had put it in, and it worked briefly until the cassette got stuck. <laughs> And then I was, you know, like half-baked, rolled in there with a, a set of tweezers and determination. And I was like, I'm going to get this fucking cassette out of here because it does not need to be in there. It is not serving any purpose. So I fished this motherfucker out against the will of my car. I was like, give me this fucking cassette. And it took me like 20 minutes and I popped this motherfucker out. And I was like, yes, I've got it. I've solved the problem. And I was like, well, time to plug it back in. <laughs> <laughs> And it ate it and was like, it's stuck, bro. And I was like, well, fuck. Uh. <laughs> so that's why there's always been a cassette stuck in that car since like late 2012. <laughs> oh, that's nice. This I remember. Yeah. <laughs> that is another uh, Bowie Lewis story. So let's talk about the Plastic Fantastics in 2011. Oh, yeah. The machine of a dream. Such a clean machine. And they're Canadian, right? No. Yes. No? No. Oh. They're from New York. I'm thinking of the wrong people then. Never okay, mind. I like couldn't find anything on this band. Did I well, find anything on this band? I, I found some stuff. I just I googled their name and it was like check their Spotify page. I was like, what's on Spotify page? It was like nothing. Apparently I didn't. Oh really? I found a website. Oh, nice. What does it say on the website, John? Oh, okay. At the, the top right of the website, it lists the band motto. Ooh. And the band motto is... Here we go. We'll fuck you in your ear holes! Exclamation mark. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's Very accurate. aggressive yep. from probably one of the tamest covers of this song. <laughs> right? Yes, but they have that one sound. Like, it's this really bright, like, harsh synthesizer. This is mm. not like a this is not like an easy listening version, even though it's kind of slow and soft. It's oh, I know no, why I thought not. they were Canadian because of the album artwork. The flag, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, the flag looks Canadian. Yeah, that's but they're why. from New York. Because it's like a Canadian flag from with New a York. star instead of a maple leaf. But yeah. it's also not red. That really confused so, me. Okay, yeah, that ex- we'll that's fuck what you in your hole. Okay, I'm on their page now. I found it. <laughs> we'll fuck you in your ears holes. <laughs> Let's see your holes here. They're um they're an underground industrial rock band apparently. Industrial, eh? Industrial, yeah. Huh. Well, Which I this, usually associate yeah. with like a lot of synthesizers, big drums. Yeah, yeah, like uh, like Nine Inch Nails is industrial, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like Tool, like yes. Yeah. David Bowie kind of for a while there. Like a dark, like mechanical sound to it. Yeah, like very like metal y. Yeah, like something is sinister about industrial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess this is like kind of sinister. Yeah, but in the, it, this one sounds more organic because of that acoustic guitar, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. But it has some like industrial sense. usually has a more machine based noise. Like it's more mm-hmm. distorted guitar. Yeah, so this is an interesting version though. They got a lot of mm-hmm. cool sounds. Like right in the start, they pretty early on introduce like they start playing like piano chords, but like they're playing very low on the piano. So it's like this piano sound like and like the guitar strumming. And that's I that like really deep bass on the piano I think sounds cool. Like you're yes. saying, it's more of an organic sound. Yeah, he hits those really low notes on the piano for the yeah. Told My Girl section, particularly. Mm-hmm. It's like, but don't, don't. And it's, yeah, it's fucking oh, tight. Yeah. And the, the guitar does the, the vocals at the very start. Yeah, does it? Let me take a look at like that. The, like the ooh right at the beginning, the guitar does it instead of the, the singer. Okay, hang on. Here it is. I'm not going to try and sing oh, it. Oh, yeah, because but... he kind of does... Ooh yeah, the singer and the yeah. and the guitar kind of does like a yeah exactly yeah that's tight yeah <laughs> and uh, and this the the vocals themselves are very much like like effect based singing like he's not putting a whole lot into it but like there's a lot of effects I'm sure he's putting enough into it you know still a professional singer but uh, like it's a lot of like echo and and stuff going on. Very like robot-y. Yeah, I thought it sounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's very monotone in his singing style too. So Quite sure really. was. Quite. I think. And there's like yeah. there's two parts where like, uh, on the lines like get a grip on my boy racer roll bar. Yeah. And also on don't have to listen to no run of the mill talk jive, he like elongates it because he is a robot and he can't actually sing it that fast. <laughs> I believe is what has happened he's, here. His <laughs> operating so system is hanging. Also, yeah. I, I believe he says roller bar. I think you're right. I didn't write, write that down, but one hey. of them definitely fucked that up. Fucked that up. And a roller bar is for yoga, <laughs> <laughs> not for cards. Huh. I guess you could grip one of those. I mean, yeah, you could get a grip on a roller bar, but if it's attached to your car, you're we're in pimp my car territory. <laughs> That's true. And he couldn't because he's a robot. That's right. Robots are not allowed to pimp their cars. It's one of the three <laughs> laws. <laughs> um. Yeah. There's some. There's some very high ooze, like very high backup vocals on this that you can almost miss. Yeah. There's like there's a lot going on, right? Mm-hmm. So you can definitely miss, like different instruments or or the backup vocals yeah especially because i think a lot of it's like quite muddy i don't know if muddy is the best way to say it but like in some of the frequency ranges there's this harshness that um that does make it difficult to pick things out sometimes yeah Mm-hmm. because th- there's a harmonica on this right is it a harmonica that does the the big long chords where would that be that throughout Fuck, I missed that, apparently. <laughs> it might be something else, but it sounds like a harmonica to me. I hear a synthesizer. Yeah, I hear the synth. Is that a synth doing that? Because it sounds like a more uh, windy noise doing the chord changes. The... I said the synth just sounded like beeping, so I don't know if, if that's what you're hearing. Maybe. It comes in. At, at like 14 seconds 
Maybe even a like more accordion like. But it might just be a synth. Oh, that sounds like synth. Okay, it must be a synth and I'm just a dipshit. <laughs> yeah, that's the harsh synthesizer I was talking about before. Okay. I never listened to you, Alex. That's I think it's a synthesizer. So <laughs> All right. Or like a, a theremin, maybe? <laughs> Which is no, a synthesizer. going to be a little more grating. But yeah, okay. it's also a type of synthesizer. Okay. So yeah, synth. A theremin sounds more like a ghost screaming, if I am. Yeah, correct. yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm just playing yeah, my, one, my theremin. This here. one is essentially to 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 sum it up, it's your lo-fi version of uh of this song, right? Yes. It's yeah. got that feel to it. Mm-hmm. Done by robots. And robots. Robot lo-fi version. So with that, we're gonna move into Kip Winger in 2014. But first Kip Wanger. We're gonna, okay, we're gonna switch things up and talk about somebody else's car. Is it my car? So what? No, not yet. Yours okay. is coming up next. Sweet. Um, we're, we're talking about John's Volkswagen Jetta in the year whenever Uh-oh. Motley Crue and Alice Cooper were touring here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Where John had, had graciously decided to drive us all out to to the... Uh, it would be in, I would say 2014, but I could be wrong. I think I know this story. John drove us all out to a station to get on the train to the concert. We drove to Dalhousie Station. We got out there fine, no problem. We went, we saw the show. The sound balancing was awful. The shirts, the shirts were all right. We came back, and then John was like, "Well, I'll just start up my car." It didn't start up. So then no, I was not. like, "Well, I've had a car that doesn't work before." <laughs> I was like, pop, "Pop, pop the engine on this." I just literally like, kind of looked at it, like touched some things. I like, I really did nothing. I just like you like took the battery cover off and then yeah. put it back on and it worked. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, yeah, yeah the battery looks fine, and then it worked. <laughs> yeah, I remember and, that because Vanessa and I stayed in the car, and I was like, they don't know what they're doing. What are they doing out there? <laughs> and then we just we came back in something. and like waited a minute, and then it started. Yeah, yeah, and that's the story. That was uh, <laughs> November nineteenth, twenty fourteen. Oh wow. What, were we celebrating the anniversary of the release of the Nintendo the Wii? The Nintendo Wii? Get out of here, Alex! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we were. Nice. So that, Obviously, we were. That's the story of a time with a, a still-living car. John's Volkswagen Jetta. Just had to get the battery replaced like a month ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Because it would not start again. Fucking piece of shit, Jetta. <laughs> Even after being jumped, it still wouldn't start. Battery so, only yeah. lasts five yeah. years? Bullshit. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Now I've got a new battery. Nice. nice. Yeah. We've got a new cover to talk about. It's we Kip do. Winger in 2014. Kip Winger. <laughs> battery winger now kip winger did a lot of playing for people most notably he was alice cooper's bassist in the roses on white lace era um Mm -hmm. which is pretty metal type stuff right he particularly contributed to the albums constrictor and raise your fist and yell yeah which had roses and white lace on it there you go look at that look at that alex raise your fist those Oh, yeah, in relation to like poison and like the ones I know, a bit <laughs> earlier. Pro- yeah, I would say okay. a bit earlier. Um, Raise I, your fist and yell is awesome because it's literally a hand with Alice Cooper's face on the palm. 
Oh, I think I've seen the the artwork. Yeah. Yeah. Raise your fist and yell was eighty seven. So yeah, it was like pretty close. Yeah. So it'd be like just before. To. Uh, to trash. Poison. Yeah. Trash, trash. is nineteen eighty nine, which has poison on it, and then we get yeah, raise your fist and yell in nineteen eighty seven, and then constrictor yeah. the year before that in nineteen eighty six. Which has uh, no, Constrictor has Thrill My Gorilla on it, which is a great track. <laughs> <laughs> Thrill My Gorilla! It's great. <laughs> and uh, Raise Your Fist and Yell has nothing that anyone would know on it. So there you go. Raise Your Fist okay. and Yell has Roses on White Lace. <laughs> Shut up, Alex. Which I'm pretty sure is well known. I've never heard that that one. I've never heard of that one in my life. I don't know a lot of Alice Cooper, though. Because so. Chop, That's Chop, fair. Chop, Gale, and Roses on White Lace is like a trilogy. Three Your songs. trilogy. It's a story about a serial killer. Chop, 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 Gale, Roses on White Who that. marries see, a woman because oh. she looks like his like dead wife that he killed and then kills her. Oh. Or something like that. That's a good story. That's yeah. A great story. A happy ending. That's the Roses on White Lace. It's Blood Drops. It's made very, drops. Ex- very explicit so, so in the song. He's German-American. He's a member of the band <laughs> Winger, which is presumably named after himself. <laughs> And he's also a solo artist. We can't artist know that. Where he, he just goes by Kip. Because if he went by Kip Winger, they'd be like, Winger! And he's like, no! It's my <laughs> solo stuff! <laughs> there will be no Winger content at the Kip Winger concert! <laughs> Does he actually just go by Kip? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm making shit up. <laughs> okay. I was like, that's just terrible like SEO. Nobody's going to find no you kidding, if you search right? Kip. <laughs> it's almost as bad as Scream. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I get kind of an Alice Cooper vibe in the opening. It's a little more like horror rock. Mostly in the bass. No, yeah. yeah. Shut up, Alex. <laughs> just, just making shit up as well. That's what we do. But particularly in that guitar that rips in, it's like... Yeah. Maybe it's like a minor or something, but it sounds Alice Cooper-esque. I guess, yeah. If... It's definitely like some of that metal sound. Hmm. Um, Just a little bit. Maybe later on, not or so. blues, not yeah, blues it, at all. It's I think supposed it's a, a to be little blues, but it's really not. In as much as like the blues influenced particularly early metal, yeah. Just because a lot okay. of like early guitar players had blues influence, so it kind of like just takes from that. Well, yeah, okay. the, 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 I've always super heard bluesy, from like, like a, a jamming perspective is like if you want to jam with someone easily, just learn the blues. Like everybody can yeah. play the blues. Like it's a very it's a simple bass structure. I would say Kip Winger's version suffers from the same problems as the Dog's Divine. In that it's like boring. Very similar. Yeah, it's it, they're both similar. They're they're very similar to the original, and they really don't add a lot. They're quite boring. It does have like it's like ten seconds in. There's like this slide whistle sound. It's probably a guitar mm. or something. But <laughs> it sounds kind of like yeah. So and like it's technically sound. Like they're playing their yeah. instruments fine, but it's kind of boring it's not gonna replace queen i'm not gonna listen to this and be like i never need to listen to queen again i can listen to the kip winger version like <laughs> his his vocals are really similar to the originals as yes well. which, like in delivery and like style i guess yeah which if anything like, speaks to the vocal talent of roger taylor more than it does yeah. of kip winger like <laughs> the um the guitar solos like both of them i, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is like the right description but i thought they sounded like kind of middle eastern oh yeah there's something about the way he does like sustains and stuff 
Yeah, and like, well, the guitar solo is totally different, but like, I don't know if that's that's the the right way of saying it, but they definitely sound something. Yeah, because it's like, it sounds like a Middle Eastern progression. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just like a, it's, it's a version that reminds you how good the original ish is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to listen to it now. I, I'm trying to think of what, what that sound would be. If you, like, flatten the seventh, no. If you play a harmonic minor scale, it sounds a little bit like that. No, I'm wrong. Never mind. <laughs> like, is Middle Eastern the right? Uh, it doesn't sound super Middle Eastern it. to me, but that doesn't mean okay. it's not influenced by that or doesn't have a similar element that I'm not picking no, up I on. I think I hear what you're picking up on as Middle Eastern, but I'm okay. not qualified to tell you that that is a correct thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, like I will agree with it. It's definitely different. Yeah, but it is certainly different. Okay. It's just the way he, like, holds the notes and kind of brings them to the next note. Like, it's... it's yeah, I just heard it again. It's like... Dan, 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 dan. It's... It's something that appears in other Middle Eastern context songs. Yeah. Um. Anything else on this track? Um. The end is way too long. It is yes, very long. Agreed. Mostly, I think, so they could just throw a solo in. Another solo. Somet- sometimes you just gotta rip solos. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. That's the strongest <laughs> part of this song is the solos. So, in my opinion. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily justify the uh, I think the his rest vocals it, are. But- Um, there's, um, I got a fact about Kip Winger Ooh. here. Ooh. It's not a fun fact. Oh, no. <laughs> His first wife actually died in a car accident in 91. Ooh. And for some reason, he still wanted to do this song as his cover. And now, because her spirit now inhabits a car. Jesus oh. Christ. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Kip Winger. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this version... Actually, the original release date on this version is different from how we've covered it in the order. Oh. Oh, okay. So let me find what the year is on it here. I'll just check it real quick. But this this, this will either make it more or less grim. <laughs> It'll be like the day after. We'll be like, Ugh. Yeah. Like, oh, God. So you said 91, his wife died. Yeah. This version came out in 2001, 10 years after. Okay. 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 And 14 days after 9-11. Oh. Yikes. He was trying to heal the country. <laughs> and I think he succeeded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel healed. <laughs> I feel like I got my innocence back this day. <laughs> if only for today. Yeah. I'm just noticing now in the secondhand songs that uh, Jeff Scott Soto is credited with a medley. Of uh, Death on Two Legs, Princes of the Universe, Tenement Funster, Flick of the Wrist, Innuendo, Ogre Battle, I'm in Love with My Car, Band Intro, Band Intro, Fat, <laughs> Fat Bottom Girls, 39, Hammer to Fall, Don't Stop Me Now, You're My Best Friend, Save Me. So that's, he just played Holy a concert. Shit. He did a concert. The whole thing is recorded. <laughs> that's a whole concert. Is that from the same album? It a medley. Um, this one is from the, the Jizz uh, Queen concert live at the Queen Convention 2003. Oh, like the... Yeah, he did a whole concert at that one. Yeah. I have the bootleg somewhere. It's really, really good. That's weird. They've called it a medley here. I don't I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> it's definitely a full full album. It sounds well, like a full like, album. Like, full, like, hour and a half set. Yeah, it seems like it. 
I don't know if I still have it on here. So, yeah, I don't Ki- think so. Whenever you don't think so poorly about 9-11, just remember Ki- Kip Winger was to thank. <laughs> That's Kip. Thanks, Kip. Thanks, Kip. Thanks, Speaking Kip. of... So, nope. No, speaking of uh, spe- speaking of shit, let's talk about <laughs> Losers Lounge featuring Joe McGinty in 2015. But first, let's talk about a time when we were in I think high we must have been in high school and we went on a quest in Alex's car probably as Pontiac Grandam at the time. It would have had to have been. It would have had to must have been. Must have been high school. To, to pick up an associate of ours. We went to pick him up. We went on a journey and uh we were listening to Beast of Burden in the car. <laughs> and and our uh, previous guest, Stephen Reynolds, was like, you know, Alex, can't roll down the window and spit out of your car. And Alex was like, yeah, that seems reasonable. And it was, it was just as we were rolling up to park, and then he, like, rolls out, spits, and he's like, shit, Alex, I spat on your car. Because <laughs> that's how air pressure works, it turns out, as you, like, are driving. It yeah. just pushes stuff back into your window, basically. S- Stephen Reynolds, who also one time on the, the journey between Cochrane and uh, Calgary on, like, the highway, basically, was like, Kalen, can I piss out of your car? <laughs> <laughs> McKinnell was like, you can fucking try. And like, I, I held Steven's leg steady as he put, you know, most of his body out of a vehicle. Jesus Christ. On the highway. On the highway. And with, <laughs> with his dick out. And, and then was like, I can't do it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> well, at least he didn't piss. It's it a good thing he didn't try. Because Kalen's car would have got a lot of urine on it. Yeah, just on the back end. It's fine. Yeah. Also, another time, I kicked Kalen's car while it was driving past me, and that cost me $350. Oh my god, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> uh, classic. Ooh. So that's an assortment of car stories. Let's talk about Loser's Lounge featuring Joe McGinty, who is the founder of Loser's Lounge, so I don't know why he's credited separately. Yeah, yeah, I guess he's the singer on here, which I, if I was a singer on this, I probably wouldn't want to put my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. This one's rough. I mean, I'm glad they, they put his name there because I could actually like find out who it was and mm-hmm. who to hold who responsible to for this. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't want to put my name on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's really straining. Yeah. really strange now for a minute i was wondering is this supposed to be like a new wave thing like where it's like oh it's not good singing but it's weird right. singing. <laughs> but i feel like it's just not very good no there is no like tune to this there is no musicality to the way he is singing yeah like it's it's live right it must be. I don't think so, maybe. So they're a, uh, the Losers Lounge is an ongoing tribute project in New York City, which performs music by songwriters and bands. Each show explores greater and lesser known works by a single artist or piles two musical forces against one another. Does that mean mashups? Is it mashups? Yes, so they okay. do like uh, Dick Weasel versus The Pretenders or whatever. And Dick this is Weasel just... <laughs> not a real artist. Song. Dick Weasel. <laughs> Are you sh- could be. I mean, probably, but they're not that big. Yeah. Um. Uh, they sometimes have celebrity guests. Apparently, mm. they didn't on this one. 
No. I couldn't tell you any of them, but you tell me that something Wendy I remembered. Ip is not a celebrity? <laughs> and this is crazy because Joe McGinty has worked with Ryan Adams, The Ramones, Not a Surf, Kevin Ayers, Martha Wainwright, Die Monster Die, Devanger Barhart, Ronnie Spector, Jesse, Ronnie Spector. Jesse Mallon, Amy Rigby, Space Hog, uh, the Psychedelic Furs he was the keyboardist for for five years. He's composed music for independent films and TV shows, including HBO's G-String Divas. This version is ass. Yeah, I mean, like, he probably wasn't singing most of those things. That's my guess. Yeah, he was just, like, composing and producing, but I guess. you would think a man of this stature would be like, let me get a listen on the track, and be like, oh, no, this is garbage. This is terrible. Let's, let's get, get a real ass. vocalist in. Let's change up the instrumental track to actually be yeah. interesting, and let's have a good cover. Yeah, I like, tried. Oh, the Loser's I, Lounge. I we do bad versions of songs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so if you want to hear a song that um, the singer's just shouting the lyrics the whole time, and it's really rough uh, yeah if you one. want to hate i'm in love with my car listen to <laughs> losers lounge yeah. so you know how like the instruments is like almost exactly the same as the original version yeah this sounds like someone who's completely smashed is doing karaoke to i'm in love with my car yes yeah he he really sounds like sounds karaoke. like he's drunk at some points Absolutely, and the track does sound like a karaoke track in that it's not as complex. <laughs> right? It sounds exactly the same, pretty much. Yeah, this is somebody recording a karaoke performance. You're 100% right. Yeah. Oh, Joe. And then it, it randomly ends with the start of We All Rock You. Yeah! Yeah, well, the, yeah that's the next song on the on the. Which album. I assume is what comes next, yeah. but, like, they couldn't cut it a I little know, better. I know, like, just yeah, a, a bit earlier. On. Did they really yeah. think we were all going to stick around for that? <laughs> yeah, after this? They're like, oh, yeah, I need to hear what's next. These guys are going to do We Will Rock You? Holy shit. Can't wait to hear what Joe's got for us. Yeah. Joe. <sighs> Joe. Yeah, this this version is raggedy as shit, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he changed the lyrics. What, mm, what did he say? What did he do? Instead of told my girl I'd have to forget her, he says told my girlfriend I'd have to forget her. Ugh. <laughs> Which totally throws off the rhythm. Yeah, good. And it's implied. And obviously! <laughs> we know exactly. he's not talking to his daughter, Joe McGinty, you dumb fuck. <laughs> Actually, if you look at his Wikipedia page, he's not listed as a vocalist. Not listed as a what? A singer. Like, it called, mm. just calls him a keyboard, so it's probably... Keyboardist uh, and probably, composer. Yeah, he made probably not a great decision with this version. Because, yep. like, he founded this, right? He yes, founded Losers he's, Lounge. he's the founder of Losers Lounge. So, like, I'm guessing, like, occasionally he just wants to go up and, you know, beer in hand, scream out a song. Yeah, and he's like, and, I like, love he Queen. He has that right, oh, but 100%. it's not good. But, yeah, you don't need to record that and release it to the public. Yeah, what what volume is this? Like, 17 or something? Oh, God. Yeah, I think you're right. There's a it lot. Is 18, volume 18. 18. Oh, fuck. The History of losers. the Losers Lounge, Volume 18, No Time for Losers. Hey, how many do they Ironically. have? Ironically. Yeah. That was oh, in 2015. 22. They got up to 22 in uh, 2017, so I don't know if they have anything more. Jesus. Oof. Oof. Oh, they're featuring Wendy Ip on this one. Oh, she's oh, great. Back. Yeah. It's, uh... No, he didn't get to sing on this one. They they figured out. Oh no, he's on the last one. But yeah, that's all I got. 
Not good. Yeah. Avoid it. With that, we're going to move into our final version by Mercuretto in 2018. But first, a story story about getting locked out of my car. (laughs) (laughs) So the first time I got locked out of my car, I was uh, a student at uh, Mount Royal University. And I had... I'd lock myself out of my car like a dipshit. <laughs> and, like at school? Yeah, well, you know, I used to park by the retirement home, right? Yeah. So, but like, you weren't at home. No, at so, the, so it was okay. locked out at school at school there. So I went to my car, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I can't get in. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I, I got a coat hanger from somewhere. I can't remember where, but I got it, and I took it back there, and I was working on it. And this big dude comes by, and he's like... Oh, listen, fella. I used to break into cars for a living. I can break into your car there. And I'm like, great. That would be awesome because I need to get into my car. And he's like, okay, here, let me get a chance at it. And he fucks around with it on the passenger side door. (laughs) And he drops the coat hanger into the door. (laughs) And he's like, "Ah, sorry, fella, nothing I can do. And like leaves. And that that coat hanger is in my passenger side door to this day. Oh my god. <laughs> that was like at least six years ago. Wow. There's no use on the inside. And there's, yeah. It's the... And so I go to the like the security office at Mount Royal University. I'm like, listen, fellas. I, my car, I need somebody to break into it. And they're like, well, we used to have one of those like the, one of those simple devices where you slide it in and unlocks it. They're like, we used to have that but we got rid of it because it's not a big deal. He's like, it's mostly young women who lock themselves out of their cars. I'm like, well, don't shame me for it. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you have to say that? (laughs) I know, like, why did you bring that up? And they're like, okay, we had a guy here who's actually, like, very good at breaking into cars. And they're like... And the guy from before comes around the corner. Yeah, he comes around the corner. He's like, hey, I'm like, god damn it! (laughs) (laughs) No, as a guy on security staff. They're like, but you have to agree that if, if anything goes wrong... He is like we're not we we have no responsibility. You're doing this fully on your liability. I'm like yeah okay all right bring this guy here, and so they bring the guy there. And he comes all the way out with me to the retirement home. He unlocks the car. I'm like sick right on. I had thrown my backpack the the infamous two collector's edition backpack, which which had my collection of Sherlock Holmes stories as well as a vaporizer in it for marijuana. On the back, on the, on the, just on the trunk, and he got it, and I was like, sick, right on. Just fucking drove off. <laughs> and your bag just flew off? It just flew off, and then I, like, realized it later that night, drove back in the middle of the night, it was gone. Oh, fuck. Just completely no gone. No one ever saw it again. No one ever saw it again. Another time well, I had locked myself did. out of my car at Crowfoot, and I went to uh, Brewster's and got a coat hanger from them, unlocked it myself. Another time, I'd gotten drunk after I found out that my car was locked, and it was like the middle of the night, and I like I'd left something in there, and I was like, "Well, I can do this." So it was completely dark. I had a coat hanger, and I had my cell phone in my mouth with the flashlight on, and that was the quickest I have ever unlocked my car. <laughs> Just needs a little bit of liquid courage. A, yeah, a bit of a bit of liquid dexterity. That's case. it. And, and so that is the story of getting locked out of my Buick Century. And the last story we'll be telling today before we move into our final cover, Mercuretto in the year 2018. Machine of a dream. 
guys play fucking B-sides from from famous artists? They got a version of Love is Like Oxygen by The Sweet. Yeah, they're gonna... <laughs> they just do, like, obscure songs? Yeah, like they that? do the ones yes. that are, like, underrated or whatever. Okay, like deep cuts. Yeah, the old deep That's cut gang. Cool. It's kind of cool, but they're kind of pretentious. I read their page, and I was like, this is too much. Oh, they, well, sure they, got this whole, they got this whole, like, like act thing going on. Like, it's a... They've all got characters, I assume. Because did you watch their, like, video? I refuse to, actually. Okay, because I, <laughs> I sent you guys a link to it. Uh, you just, sent us just a link? Just now, just now. Just, like, two in the Discord? Ago. In the Discord. In the chat? Yeah. Hey, that's um, David Bowie in yeah, the 1990s. Yeah, that's David Bowie in the 90s, for sure. <laughs> uh, right at the end of the 90s. Um, if you want to watch it, but I didn't, like, watch the whole thing, but they've got this whole thing. They said, like, the 1% versus the 1%. So they're, like, supposed to be these, these like, business people who, like... Alex, I can't hear you, but I fucking hate what I'm watching right now. <laughs> it was, they, got this, they got a thing. They got a whole thing. I don't understand it, but it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. Yeah. They they definitely have a thing, and I also do not understand it. So wait, they formed a cover band as a means of denying the fact that they did nine eleven. Is that what I got from this? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> huh. I hate this. Yep, yeah, that'll that'll do. <laughs> so Mercuretto did nine eleven. Yes. Yeah. Either huh. either that wow. or Billy Joel. <laughs> I think they could be both. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Right. Billy Joel You're works right. alone. <laughs> so we get piano and cymbal work at the start. It's a very subdued version, this it's one. Very low in the start. Well the start is, yeah. Yeah. It builds pretty significantly. Um she says my guy instead of my girl and I feel like the context on those two phrases is not the same. Hey, my guy. Got to get my a car better. <laughs> That's true like cars and like boats and stuff are always women or always like female names. Yeah. That's true. And weirdly enough my car, Bowie Lewis is a man. <laughs> So. <laughs> okay, maybe it's just boats then. I'm sorry, I do not know. No, no, no. Cars, cars, cars too. Be- because when I took it to the shop <laughs> yeah. and the lady called me back, she she said her when talking about my car, and I was like, "You've misgendered okay. my vehicle." <laughs> it's 2019, woman. 2019, cars. Can or man, be sorry. It's upsetting though. They can be. They can be anything they want. Okay. Exactly. Just like Mercuretto can say they're a supergroup. Do they say that? That's, I feel like that's what the bio was kind of saying. Yeah, they're like, oh, we all came from they're these other, collective. like, different mm. bands and shit. Yeah, they're like Queen but they're, and Patty they're not a super group. They're not a super group. You all have to have been me. successful beforehand, and also, like, yeah. wildly successful. This one guy from Toronto. That's like calling this a super group, because the three of us <laughs> are in the same room. <laughs> yeah. Right, the same room, absolutely. Yeah, the the same also, audio Also, if space. you go to their website and click on on the top, there's a thing that says the mission, and you can't get into it. And it, it requires, requires a, a password. password. And then I don't know. It's not admin. It might be admin if there's one. Any more evidence one, two, three, that a four. band did nine eleven? I don't. I don't know how you're gonna find it. <laughs> uh, it's not one two three four. It's not password. Uh, I don't know, man. Is it? Um. What is it? It's not Mercuretto. It's not Mercuretto. Mercuretto 1? No. <laughs> anyway, 
so this version, it, it starts off a lot slower, very low and slow. Um, the vocals are very, like, close mic, so you really get those, like, hard consonant sounds coming in clear. Yeah, very, like, intimate, Capsule, kind of. Blue. Blue. I always think it's blue for some reason. Gleam. I don't know why blue is stuck in my head. I always uh, thought green. I don't know why blue. And the I... hubcaps all green. <laughs> but yeah, green green hubcaps would be. Well, I've seen them. They're okay. Um, it depends on the shade of green. Lime. And then bright lime. Yes, and then there's lots of like, uh, what are they? Uh, like harmonics, playing on the guitar. Yes, and on stuff. the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And then like. Oh, nice, I got the right word. Pretty early on, no. In the second second verse, yeah. Sure. Then they get suddenly it's it changes pretty pretty significantly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like the first just like the intro, I guess, guy. is really. <laughs> hey, my guy. Yeah, it starts totally different genre. Hey, my guy. I have to forget her. Yeah, this sounds like talking to your buddy. Hey, my guy. Oh my, my guy, I gotta forget you. I'm working on the car now. It's the Cabaretta. <laughs> See? It's taking up all my time. I'll talk to you later, but I gotta work on a car right now. <laughs> it felt a little show-offy to me. Mm. Like some of the piano, like, trills, I guess? Right, where it's like trying to flex. It's trying to do the, yeah. gu- the guitar part of the original. Yeah, which is really what the original was doing. It's kind of like a little bit of shredding. Boodley was... In Woodley between words, things. Yeah. So I guess a similar idea. Uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah. on a guitar, it comes off as much more like, I have all this energy and it needs to go somewhere. Where on a piano, it comes off as being like, look what I can do. As a <laughs> piano player, I take offense to that. <laughs> Fuck you. Because Alex. I can't do that. Look what I can't do. <laughs> Hit piano. Bam, <laughs> <laughs> This is also too long. Yes, it is 100% like the final minute the longest should be one, cut. Yeah, this could be shortened for Sheezy McDeezy. Yeah. It's just the last minute's a little bit like they're just kind of wanking, right? Yeah, it's just It's mostly wanking. bass and piano, yeah. Yeah. It's bullshit. That's all the notes I have for Mercuretto. All right, fuck you, Mercuretto. Let's get into our final review. There's three categories today. We got the best version, we got the worst version, and the version that most represents the relationship between you and your current automobile. <laughs> Fuck, okay. Okay. <laughs> John, you are our guest today. You will lead us through. What is the worst version of this song? Oh, man, I don't know if I want to go like a little bit different, because I feel like we all think the same one's the worst. But since I'm starting, yep. I get to choose Loser's Lounge as the worst version. <laughs> <laughs> the aptly named Loser's Lounge. Just because like the the, the background or the, the instruments don't change at all, and Joe McGinty is just the worst. Mm-hmm. Yep. I also didn't like Loser's Lounge very much. Yeah, there uh... are versions on this that are uninspired. True. And like, mm-hmm. like, like, a fucking Gary looking at Shutt's you, version, like whatever rock four, like a bad acapella version, and that's that's a category unto its own. But <laughs> Losers Lounge is like defiantly bad. It is like, hey, it's like offensively bad. Yeah, it 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 dares to be bad in the worst ways. Like a lot of the other ones just kind of bore you, but this one like makes me mad. <laughs> exactly. There, like, if a version is forgettably bad, fine. Go, yeah. Like, I'll, like, I'll forget about it, and that's fine. But if it's like, ah, 
this fucking version. That's a problem. Yeah. And that is the Losers Lounge featuring Joe McGinty, founder of the Losers Lounge. <laughs> and the psychedelic furs. And the psychedelic furs. Let's talk about the best version, John. Which is it and why? Um I think it's actually Gary Schutt. 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 I don't know how he says his name. But I like to say Schutt. Um like normally I really don't like acoustic versions because this, mm-hmm. this is dramatically acoustic john as you know that that kind of like yeah when i first saw the title i was like Ugh, Ugh. yeah gross. I know, right? but like his his vocals are so high energy that i really enjoyed it actually hmm. i thought he did a pretty solid job too he certainly puts in the effort even if i don't like it <laughs> yeah best version my best yeah, version. he does try to carry oh, the energy okay. Sorry, I was still talking about John's version. But yeah, he, he does, like, try. And that is more than a lot of versions can say. Yeah, exactly. And he's got a really good voice, I thought. I mean, not my favorite, but I can see how you could like it. Oh, right, you, you, didn't, you didn't like it. I wasn't crazy about it. I gotta be honest to that, or else the viewers who are very active in talking to us will, uh, you know, crucify me. Yeah, you would hate to be inconsistent. Even for a yes. second. They'll pounce Alex. on you. Best version. Best version? Number one best version of all the covers Number here one today. of all time. Top I think jam. my top jam, Plastic Fantastics. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I dug it. There were some sounds happening. There's that low piano. That was a good sound. Right. Yeah, you like that. So you could like sort of the accentation they put on everything. There was like yeah. good punctuation on this. Yeah. And uh, it made me feel a little uncomfortable because of that that weird, harsh synthesizer that was just kind of playing. And I was like, uh, what's going on? Hit me harder. Yeah, it's very interesting to see that we're all divided on this. For me, it was Scream in 2010. Scream. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like the instrumental, like, dynamics. I like that there was a lot of changes to sort of drive Mm. interest. And you also had a weird synth on this one. It was like it tried to keep up high energy while still being different from the original. There's peacock mm-hmm. feathers on the cover. Yeah, that, horse feathers. That's what sold me was the horse, horse feathers. feathers on the cover. Horses. That's what the album is oh, called. Is horse feathers and, and animal crackers. You is a horse shit. feather the same thing as a peacock feather? No. <laughs> or else they'd be called the same thing, Alex. Sometimes we call the same thing. This isn't dumpsters and skips and Kleenex and tissue papers, Alex. <laughs> Horse feathers is a and chili bins and ice boxes. Horse feathers is a movie, a pre-code comedy film starring the Marx Brothers. It's... Yeah, yeah. But it's Horse feathers and Animal Crackers, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, just Horse feathers. Hang on, John. Uh, chili bins or an ice box? <laughs> uh, don't exist in England. <laughs> Neither? <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard chili bins. Actually. Chili bins. <laughs> that must be a, a specifically New Zealand one. Must be. Chili bin. Chili bin. That's, That's a, a great name. Shit. Maybe Australia. That's Maybe. a great name. They're dipshits over there, too. <laughs> yeah. They're all former prisoners. Yeah, those fuckers. <laughs> All right, so that's been our best versions. What is the version that describes your relationship to your car? Okay, um... I've already said that I don't really have any strong feelings for my car. Mm-hmm. So, 
the song that best describes my relationship with my car is the Dog's Divine version because I'm so indifferent to it. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Alex. Mm-hmm. My, my relationship with my car is best described, I think, by the Mercuretto version. Because it kind of starts off slow, and then like it, it really picks up, but then it's sort of, it's sort of up and down from there. Like there's a lot of, a lot of start stopping, and that's really, that's really my relationship with my car, and the way I drive it. Mm, start and stop. <laughs> yep, I like to stop in the middle of the road. City driving, okay. am I right? Hey, hey. <laughs> um, yeah. So for myself, if we're talking about my original car. Buey Lewis. It has to be the original version. It's raw, it's real, and I love it. We're talking about my new car, which is sort of a, a weird and awkward replacement. It's, uh... Oh my god, I guess it's the Loser's Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, what about the live oof. version? Like, it's kind of the same. No! Series, Paul Rogers? Because the live version's reason. still good. And I would, like, if you put it on the radio, I'd be like, yeah, right on. But if you put on Loser's Lounge, I'm like, it should be the same. Like, I ha it's the same thing's happening. But, oh, yeah. But there is just something different about it that I hate. Yeah, there's just, like, one thing different. Otherwise, it's mostly the same. Yeah. Huh. So that is, that is my relationship to my current car and my former one at this moment. I like it. I hope it turns into the original over time. I hope so, too. Or at least the Paul Rogers version. Yeah, at yeah. least. Like, like just, just slightly different. Just older, you know? Yeah, just older, yeah. Now, we're in luck. Newer? We actually have a, uh, a question today in the mailbox. Who could it be from? What? Who could it be from? So the question reads as, as following. Uh, since you talked a bit about the New Darkness albums last episode, which do you think <laughs> is the best album? Permission to Land or One Way Ticket? I've definitely found myself appreciating One Way Ticket more since originally discovering them. Sincerely, John, less ripped than Justin Hawkins, Bell. He sounds like a cool guy. He sounds like a, a really cool guy I would love to get to know better. We were going to talk about this last week, but Jesse apparently hates the darkness, so yeah, we got what? a good answer out of him. Ask him about that. How can you hate? I guess I I can't actually see how you can hate the darkness. Yeah, As I, I understand, see it, but I remember I love reading them. something. Someone like who lived in the UK was like overplayed, too much on the radio. I was like, oh, really? Huh. Ne well, if where they're more, like more popular and more of their songs, other than I believe in a thing called love, were like kind of hits. God, what else could even be played? I don't know. Yeah. I assume they had other singles. They definitely yeah. did. I mean, they have like 50 B-sides. Yeah, so that, I mean, it's just one person on the internet. I don't know if it's common opinion, but... Okay. So, Alex, answer the question. Permission answer the to question. Land permission to land. to Hall and back. Yeah, I prefer permission to land. Why uh, is that? Still. <sighs> Maybe it's just because it's the first one. It, it, I just feel like every single song is just... I, I just love them all. Start to finish. Whereas permission to or the next one, uh, one way ticket to hell and back. Um, I agree with you, John, or with uh, whoever wrote the email. Um, John Lester from Justin Hawkins Bell. Yeah, Bell. a different uh, John Bell from the one. Yeah, whoever yeah, that best. might be. Um, it is. It has grown on me over time. I. I. It has not surpassed permission to land though, but it's definitely got okay. some good. Some good chance, man good tracks it's got some real bangers 
Yeah, for me, it's like what they both represent is like permission to land is so like refined. It is like to a point like pure the darkness, which is at its heart this genuine like 80s cock rock satire where it it takes the idea of that music so seriously and pushes it to his extremes at the same time where you get these these love songs about uh, like genital warts you get (laughs) you get the music like about fucking sticking heroin in your ass in your eyes like it is perfect like it is is a perfect in cap like time capsule of what 80s music was and it makes it smart and funny and listenable yeah. yeah, it's really clever, and it really just sounds like it's kind of a bunch of friends having a, having fun and having a laugh, like having a good time. That's the feeling Which I get from insane. it. Mm-hmm. Because like it's their debut, and yeah. like you said, it's so like perfect and polished. Yeah, very strong. I don't understand. It's they're really a band who has been, I think, struggling in some way to capture the magic of that original album. Which at the same time, I do love all of their albums i think they have a lot of good songs in every album they release but that first one is just a banger like from start to finish yeah i i'd put like it and one way ticket on like pretty much the same level but like ever since they broke up and got back together like nothing's come close oh yeah and one way ticket has this beautiful element of experimentalism to it they really experiment with different elements they get like flute and shit on on it yeah, and they sort of cover like a like a more broad range of music in that album, and like there's great one way tickets. Awesome, is it just me? Is a, a song I used to work out to all the fucking time. Hazel eyes, bald girlfriend, oh, English yeah. country garden, blind man. Like it is, it's an awesome fucking album. There's not a really there's is. not a single track on that album I dislike. Mm-hmm. But where Permission to Land succeeds is having a unified idea where it okay. it feels more unified as an album and where uh where one where you take it to hell and back has, is more spread out in it, its ideas and what it tries to do which is both great as musical exploration but if in terms of if i was to recommend the darkness to someone what album would i point them towards it's like permission to land oh absolutely yeah yeah, I'd still say One Way Ticket's my favorite, but like if somebody's like, oh, where do I start? Mm-hmm. Definitely Permission Definitely to Land. Definitely Permission to Land. In fact, I'm pretty sure you did that for the both of us when you told us mm-hmm. to listen to it in the first place. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't think I would have listened to it if it wasn't for you, John. I and mean, that's similar to all of Queen's discography. You're just like, here, I have it on a USB drive. And I was like, great. <laughs> oh, fuck, I don't remember that at all. But that's awesome. Yeah, that's... Uh, so, so as much as we and Rock Band have introduced you to such great bands as <laughs> yeah. Sticks and Oreo Speedwagon. You, and the Cars. And the Cars. You've introduced us to Queen and the Darkness. Well, I mean, like, we knew who Queen was. Like, everybody knows Queen. But, you know. Oh, yeah, and we knew the Darkness yeah. fucking one-hit song. Yeah. But yeah. In terms of real in-depth, this was it. Yeah, you brought us to it. Nice. Maybe maybe the reason I rank One Way Ticket higher is because on Permission to Land, I would actually skip I Believe in a Thing Called Love now. Yeah, that's the trick. It's the, it's their Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah, it's so overplayed. I didn't overexpose really myself to it, I don't think, compared to Bohemian Rhapsody, which I did. So, yeah. so I, I think it's a solid track. But I get that. I get it. Yeah. So you look at Permission to Land, and Black Shuck is a, a banger starting track, and just, it's just a banger track yeah. in general. Get your hands off my woman, growing on me, 
love is only a feeling given up stuck in a rut friday night love on the rocks with no ice and holding my own holding my own i that's probably like one of the most clever songs i've ever heard so clever like oh my god it's and that is like that's the darkness at its core is this song that could be one thing but is really another thing and it's so hard to to differentiate that line yeah they're so good yeah have you listened to the new album yet i have i've given it a listen oh okay how is it it's tight it's pretty good like it's it's nothing ever matches up to their they're still again trying to meet the energy and like creativeness of those first two albums but Mm -hmm. like it's good they're listenable okay Mm -hmm. because yeah, like you said, you were totally put off Pinewood Smile by the album cover. Yeah, that's the one with it's just his mustache on the front, right? No, it's like yeah. sitting in Yeah. I think I got like halfway through that one, and it just like, it felt quite uninspired, mm-hmm. so I didn't finish it or go back to it. Yeah, that's got... I like Why Don't the Beautiful Cry off that one. Okay. It seems very much their their style of like lyricism and music. But yeah, I, and I liked Last of Our Kind in uh, 20, 2015. Yeah, that, I, I think that one's like not bad. Yeah, it's not bad because they had the idea of a theme behind it, right? It was supposed to be this sort of like barbarian rock. And they, yeah. they touch on ideas of that. But I think there is still some sloppiness in it. Alex doesn't like the mixing on it. It's it like it could it be. It might have been my speakers. I, I need to revisit it. <laughs> But yeah, off that one, I like Open Fire, uh, Last of Our Kind, and uh, I, I like Wheels of the Machine, too, and Mighty Wings. Yeah. Yeah, Last of Our Kind. Like, the song's pretty, yeah. pretty good. We are the last of our kind! Yeah, like, just him ripping that high vocals, which is, a like, a darkness, like, signature is good. Yeah. And then, where does Hotcake stand in all of this? Uh, I think that's like my third favorite. Yeah. yeah, it's like a it's a poppy one. It's probably their most poppy. I like hotcakes. I'd probably put it number two for me, but I also haven't listened to their latest ones. Mm. Above one way ticket. Yes. Holy shit! <laughs> it's because they stopped doing drugs. Ah, that's the key. Or did they? Did they? That's, like <laughs> supposedly know. they like after their second album they broke up, got clean, and then got back together. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Right. And was that also the throat cancer in between? Uh, I don't know. Ooh, I haven't heard about that. Really? It was, I think it was Justin Hawkins got throat cancer. Oh, man. I would explain that why was his voice reason it took him so long. Yeah. Yeah, they took, they took seven years off, so... Yeah. I guess a lot of shit happened. Oh, yeah, so he was in rehab in 2006. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because he had spent... It, spent holy fuck. 150,000 pounds. I believe that's pounds. <laughs> in three years on cocaine. Oh my god. Yeah. That's 50,000 a year. That's that's people's salary. That's yeah, a high salary. That's more than I make in a year. <laughs> Holy fuck. Justin Hawkins. God damn. But man, they, they made the best music when they were fucked up. Yeah, they really did. It sucks that was to say. Element. That was where they were at. I will say that, particularly off Hotcakes, and one we might have to get you back on for, is uh, Street Spirit Fade Out, originally by Radiohead. Mm. Oh, right, yeah. 
I don't even. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I really like. I really like the cover. Mm, I do too, as well. It was actually my first exposure to the song. Yeah, me too. I remember like listening to it and thinking like, yeah, it sounds kind of kind of different. That's not really like the darkness. Yeah. And then I found out it was a cover. Yeah, and he, he again like he gives like a full like hard falsetto uh like performance on that, and that's what really makes it stand out. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be a cool episode. Hell yeah, we'll get it. We'll get we it. Done talk more future. about the darkness. Hell yeah, which I would love to do. And like the only other way we're gonna be able to do it is talking about, uh, I believe, in a thing called love. Which I would actually be really interested in, like hearing some covers of that. Mm-hmm, me too. <laughs> to see how people do the the falsetto. Damn, absolutely. That's been our bonus segment because I I don't think I I want to attack a bonus segment on top of this. We're at about two and a half hours right now. Yeah, <laughs> this might be the longest episode. Yeah, long. this is on par with our full album review of Bruce Springsteen's. That last was all album. right. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be able to cut some fat. It'll hmm. be two twenty by the time we're done with it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so if you want to talk to us, talk to us about, uh, version, the versions we discussed today or versions we didn't discuss. If you want to disagree with us, agree with us, hashtag cover me bot on Twitter at Jake the Kresge. That's J A K E T H E C R E S S Y at some Alex wise guy. That's S O M E A L E X W I S E G U Y or at Sir John Snow. That's S E R J O N S N O W on Twitter. You can talk to us there, or you can send us an email at covermepod at gmail.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-M-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. We haven't gotten a review since John gave us a 10 out of 10 for having a scary <laughs> cover art. Uh, subscribe to us. We're on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts now, I guess is what it is. Uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends about us. Tell your mom and dad about us. Tell your son about us. Tell everybody about us. Don't tell, tell your daughter about us. About us. Well, tell her too. Up. But let her know that we talk about <laughs> s- sitting on it and spinning it. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Spinners, man. We talked about them a while back. <laughs> Tell your daughter about us. We don't want your son here. Fuck him. He's toxic anyway. Teach him how to be good to women or something. I don't know. Fuck you. <laughs> and as we always say on Cover Me, Cover Me doesn't talk back. It's just your pre-recorded friend now. <laughs> <laughs>